everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Shut Up and Won't Shut Up and Skate podcast. That's what you get for letting you start off the thing here, uh, Mr. Carjack. <laughs> Just kidding here on a Sunday morning. It's October 29th, and uh, yeah, welcome to episode six, the six-pack episode. Not really, but it's good that we're in our sixth episode, recording here on October 29th, and of course, we're a couple of hep episodes ahead, so we'll be glad to talk about things that already happened, because yes. that's what we do sometimes. Good stuff. Are we going to make any predictions about things that are yet to happen? I don't know. That will have happened by the we're, time. We're, this one's going to be a so strap on whatever seatbelt or whatever you need to strap into this episode because it is going to be a very long, very good, very detailed episode. Um, Would you call it a banger? It called it a banger. <laughs> Coming up with a banger and a hanger in just a couple of weeks, which by the time you listen to this, you probably already happened. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about this card that we're not historians and we're not necessarily good at uh, uh, our management here in the first episodes because we've still kind of stuck around in the 70s pre-1980, as you know. Yeah. But we are also mixing in some interviews. So the other cool thing is, is if you're watching us through that camera then apparently you're seeing us for the second time, potentially, maybe the first or second. I'll go ahead and apologize on now. On YouTube. Yeah. So we're set up for that. We'll, we'll figure out a studio. We'll figure out something like that here in the upcoming um, episodes. So, uh, yeah, welcome to Won't Shut Up and Skate, the Texas podcast focused on Texas history and all things related to Texas. A lot of good things going on. Uh, Carjack, yesterday, the 28th, the considered the Halloween weekend here in Austin, uh, saw you for a few minutes. As opposed to the Halloween weekend in other cities? That's true. As okay. opposed to Halloween, which actually is on Tuesday, yeah. is what I kind of meant. Ah. So there you go. Yeah, there was a Day of the Dead celebration someplace yesterday. I'm like, that's... That's next month. Next month? I mean, it's Wednesday, it's early. but it's next month. You know, it's all the rage. Uh, but yeah, yesterday I saw you at Breakaway Records, and uh, there was a little uh, uh, show with uh, Sugar Shack. Sugar Shack. And there was quite a few uh, OG heads there, especially from Houston. Of course, with Sugar Shack, John Gibson, as you know, was there playing bass, and Tim Kerr, and you, and Mandy Maloney, and anybody. I could name a thousand names. It was Chase, nice that a few people a brought lot of people. their kids with them because otherwise the average age in that room was over 50. Exactly. And what was cool <laughs> is that it was inside of a record shop, this breakaway record shop, and so they decided to move the uh, the band playing back to like 12 or 1. The reason no. was... At 1.30, I had to leave, oh, and right. they hadn't even gotten close to that's starting. That's true. Uh, they ended up playing around 2 or so. That's what happens when you hire skateboarders. <laughs> they did it early because they wanted to go to the parlor and do more drinking, <laughs> which is... I, I can get behind that. Yeah. But hey, uh, to bring Circle back, remember that couple episodes ago when I told you Gibson gave me a call about Jeff Ament that was in town and all that? Yeah. And then I never ended up hearing from him. I uh, inquired about that question when I saw him yesterday, and he was like, oh, yeah, da, da. I was sitting there, and, and Ament sends in, and he says, we've got these tickets, and see you there, and all of a sudden, and then Johnny looks up, and he's like, oh, that's the date in Dallas. So he had to take a red eye or whatever, a quick trip up to Dallas, and ended up doing that, and then they came came through Austin and never called me and that's okay. So, but Oops. the good news is 
we'll probably be talking to him in a couple of weeks at the banger. All right. The banger. So uh, at this point, if this episode plays after the banger, we want to give you, give uh, Scott a huge shout out for how amazing that event was. He's going to give us some space at his Houston vert ramp to set up in one of the containers behind the ramp and interview some of the crowd that's coming through. And so we're going to get some names and one of those featured will be Johnny, hopefully. So that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of some cool stuff, um, as also just kind of catching up, uh, don't worry, we'll get to this beautiful person sitting here right quietly here in a minute. Um, Frank Gardner. Texican skateboards. Texican skateboards. You're, uh, the person you're most jealous right now because he's traveling all over the place. Yeah. Uh, finding places to skate. I'll admit me it. a message yesterday, which included photos. He found the system. He found the system. That's the ditch system. It's that's outside real. of Midland, Odessa, where that contest was that I mentioned in episode three, I think it was. I need um, to know, is it a go? It's a go. He says yes. the cements that... The what? <laughs> the what now? The concrete... <laughs> Damn it. We did a whole thing on this. Uh, the concrete is super rough. And I'm like, well, yeah, let's I skated back in the 80s. And, of course, we were riding the wheels back then were, you know, not as good materials. They were probably softer wheels for ditches, whatever. But he sent about six or seven pictures of it. We'll try to get those up. Now, you know, sometimes the concrete in an old ditch gets rough because the cement degrades out of the concrete. Oh, so technically. Aggregate. Okay, so more lessons by Carjack. Um, another cool thing is Mike Money with Cockfight, one of our bro sponsors, sent us a floppy disk. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks as for soon the as floppy we can, disk. as soon as we can unearth a floppy disk drive to decipher it with. We'll find out what's on it. Well, I've already got a team setting up the dial-up as we speak. You mean the video is in the computer? <laughs> So we've got, what's cool is there's a, a couple of companies, Legacy Box, not giving them a shout out, but anyway, they do a thing where you can send in some tapes for, uh, you know, 40 bucks or you can do a hundred bucks depending on how many you send in and they will re-digitize it, send it to you so that you can utilize that in a better modern digital format. And this is a floppy disk of a contest at Cecil's Ramp in Corpus Christi. And when I say the contest, it's the one that includes Jeff, Johnny, Neil Blake. Blender, yeah. tons of names. Were you there? I was there. And Boog was there. William Cram Booger was there. So um, that's going to be cool. So um, when you get to uh, uh, anytime you've got something like that and you can't take care of it, we'll do our best, but it does cost some change for us to put that together. But we're going to have some amazing photos. I also sent a uh, mini DV tape of one of the 69 Skate Park of Austin 69 Bowl contests. So I've got two things that's going to take about two months and we'll get to it. But it's uh-huh. got some cool stuff. So people are sending some stuff in and we're doing some stuff with that. Dude, I have some stuff that cool. we should send those guys. <laughs> Well, I've got I've got a lot of media that needs to be uh, translated into modern terms. Well, I tell you what, we appreciate everybody out there that and we'll talk a lot about the support that we've been getting from our sponsors and our buds and our bros. And, you know, we appreciate that very much. And if you want to help us because this is all coming out of our pocket and you want to pitch in and help us, you like what we're doing, then we've got a Venmo that you can send us some some change and we'll give you some shout out and some love and it will help us 
get some of these things unearthed and digitized because this contest, these are photos from Big Ryan, by the way, Ryan Smith. And so these should be pretty amazing because he's been taking photos of pools and contests for yeah, I've gotten to see a couple of his albums, and they are impressive. So we've got that. So um, you can hit us up on our Venmo. That's uh, won't shut up at won't shut up and skate. We've also got a Gmail, won't shut up and skate at gmail.com. Uh, I'm not getting enough emails, so send us an email. Let us know what's going on. We've also got the Facebook archives page. Um, it's won't shut up and skate Texas archives. Um, and if now, as of now. Adding also YouTube, we are on all forms of podcasts. That includes Apple, which took about two months. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. It takes a little bit of time to make that happen. So, um, all right. Love and shout out to Jeff Newton always for what he's done for Texas skateboarding and also the inspiration for our name, Won't Shut Up and Skate. Uh, thank you to the big boys, always allowing us to use their music and our intros and our exits. Eureka Street Creative and our producer, John Miller, who go to the Wood Skateboard Podcast, and he just interviewed Andy Escalante yep. from the Lizard DIY it was fantastic. Yes, it was. And Andy's doing great work out there. And it was good to see, uh, good to hear that, that interview. Yeah, exactly. And also a big shout out and love to uh, Brett Styles, our graphic artist. You can check him out on Instagram. We can send you his link. If you need some stuff done, please let me know and I'll get you in contact with him. He does all of our graphics logos and I've got some cool new stickers and graphics coming out here pretty soon. So uh, before we dig into the meat of this, um, I also want to give some love real quick and shouts to our... Our sponsors have been coming in, Carrie. We're we're pretty stoked. We're getting a lot of love. We're getting a lot of shout outs. I noticed. Yeah, look behind us. We've got <laughs> a plethora, a plethora of boards and things that people are sending in. And we definitely want to give some love out to all of that. Um, we are now, as of episode six, over a thousand Instagram. It's still not, you know that much but it's a lot taylor swift look out <laughs> taylor swift all those hers has tripled in the last few weeks with that whole football thing going on so um a couple of things i thought would be uh, uh good um real quick i should do this i'm gonna do it officially again more but we are joined here today by william cram you might know him as booger bug b-o-o-g I saw a reference of Bug, B-U-G, but we'll talk about that a that's little bit bug. later. But uh, that's this is Booger sitting us. He came in from Galveston. He is super important to what we're talking about, and he's got more good Texas shit that we're going to go through here today. So he's sitting here. If you were wondering, we appreciate him coming in. Hey, thanks, guys. Kerry, thanks for inviting me into yeah. your home. Thanks and for coming Chip. out today. For keeping it straight. <laughs> trying to. I don't know. Again, we're trying to do this. I kept mentioning in the previous episodes what we're doing, what we're trying to do here. And I think we've said that enough, but hopefully we're doing a good job for Texas history. And that's what it's all about. Before we get into the super meat of everything, like I said, I want to give uh, some love. This episode is brought to you by our pro level sponsors. And our pro level sponsors are. Southside, Southside Skate Shop and Skate Park. I'm sporting one of their 
shirts that Big O sent us. And right that's in a the really cool design, right too. The team, right, I'll, we'll post something so you can see a little better. It's a spider web. It's right in time for the Halloween and all that good it's stuff. A heart-shaped spider web. A heart-shaped spider Big web. Big O's a great guy. Big O's a great guy. They've yep. been running that park. They do the, uh, the yearly... Um, DIY in Galveston. They do the DIY in Galveston, but they also do the, the old man bull jam. The old man bull jam, but the benefit the Ray the wait make a wish the make a wish make a wish. So they do that. Um, and is that uh, still going? No know. longer. It's it's been down for a number of years. That's now. what I thought. I thought I went to the last one. Yeah. Yeah, but he's been he does a lot of great stuff. They've got a Grom series coming up in December. Hopefully you'll have heard this. Uh Groms two, which is basically a contest series with all the Groms. Little kids. You know, it's rad. Super good. Uh wait, so in the spirit of the old man bull jam, should we go to the Grom contest and just skate all over the course when it's supposed to be their time? <laughs> yes. No. When they're skating in between, we'll drop in and we'll just do fakey rock d- disaster. Tap. Fakey rock disaster. <laughs> fakey rock disaster. You know the way, kid. Yeah, the other way. Um <laughs> uh, also, uh, pro-level sponsor, Hangar Skate Shop and Katie. They're in the Katie Mills Business Park, I found out correctly. Carjack, they actually last night had a event, their Halloween jam. They got a mini ramp and a slappy curb, and he's got every egg shape you can ever, the popular egg shapes that are super popular, Heroin Company, not one of the sponsors, but he's supporting all those. That's the new Katie Stees. It is kind of the Katie Stees. Um, so big love to them. Uh, also, big love, you'll see one of the boards out here, Michael Sieben and Roger Skateboards. They recently uh, came out with their Water Spirit video, which is freaking fantastic with some gnarly local Austin spots. Um, he brought over a board that we're going to be putting into our auction at some point. It is a unique because it is a sample board and it's not the correct graphic for that board. So he brought a couple of those over that are going to be unique Roger boards. So thank him and thank them and what they're doing. Their team is killing it. So that's super rad. And speaking of teams that are killing it, we also like to, uh, this is also presented by Embassy Skateboards, Lee Liao. Say that. It's not Leal. It's Liao and Embassy. And uh, Steven Panero, one of their team riders, just qualified for Rome, I believe it is. No, he, he finished and qualified in Rome to oh, go in on. Rome. In Rome to go on for, and that's Olympic stuff. It's correct? Olympic stuff. So Embassy, you know, they've got a, man, their team is killing it. And of they course, are. at the yeah. at the banger on the hangar, we'll see that. Plus Lee takes photos for uh, magazines and all that good stuff. So good big shout out to Embassy and also some big love to our brand new sponsor, our first non-Texas sponsor, but we're okay because it fits in quite right. And that is Old Bones Therapy. Old Bones Therapy. They bring all the compression sleeves, socks, knee braces, CBD ointment, uh, just a lot of great stuff. Might be the most accurately named company in the world. It might be, especially for, and they're so necessary. They're killing it. Their marketing is great. They're pushing a skateboarding roller skating, BMX, anything that's involved that keeps skaters skating using their compression sleeves and making sure that they can be ready for the next thing. So that's a cool thing. Not one wheels, is it? No, it's not (laughs) one wheels. I don't know, maybe. (laughs) One wheels is a thing that we're not going to talk about this episode, but before we get started with Mr. Booger, we always bring up a couple old things, so I thought this was something. Did you know that there is a global skateboarder ranking. Um, I, I can't say that I knew that for a fact. Doesn't but surprise you. Not, not at all. 
Yeah, not not at all. And I would imagine that it's um, it it's probably for purposes of seating for the Olympics. I guess so, but I don't know. Somebody like was that. posting. I get it. It's cool. You push your Instagram. You're the so over ranked skater in the world, whatever. And this dude was like, he had a cool little Insta thing going on, but he was like twelve hundred thirty second. You know, twelve hundred skaters back, whatever. So I was curious if we were on the rankings, and I guess if it's a global ranking, we should be on those rankings. Where do you think we are? DFL. <laughs> DFL. Explain. Dead freaking last. <laughs> I'd like to think that we're not the last holding up the you know whatever the last thing is but okay we're pretty we're pretty Look, far on the top. sorry <laughs> i'm putting myself in like uh, injured reserve yeah <laughs> exactly but if, if you're not in the top 10 the next best thing if you're not in the top 10 the next best ranking to have is 69 the next best after that is dfl you don't want to be number 1233 or whatever well I'm going to put it out to our uh, our fans. Please send us that complete ranking and let us know where we rank potentially on that list of ranked skaters. I'm sure that there are a few commas. No, are you There's going to be a few commas in that number. Ranked skaters it's, or just rank it's skaters? Because if it's ranked skaters, we, win that we might be pretty high. Yeah. yeah. Wash your pads, guys. Yeah. I, I mean... Obby's way up there. Phillips would have been top of the list, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. that that's a whole different topic. Okay. Well, and last thing that I thought, because it popped up. So a few weeks ago, I sent a joke to Carjack. I say a joke, whatever. I guess it's cool. It's artistic. I don't know. And it was some of these guys that are making these actual concrete and brick, et cetera, fingerboard DIY spots that they're legitimately using concrete and paint and it looks like it's all thrashed up and it's all that. It looks like and a so, science fair diorama. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. It's legit, you know, I guess, you know, they make models for, for cars and, and pre-building for cityscapes and all that kind of stuff. So, okay. But then after that, the algorithm started sending me and recently, you know that there's the tech decks. Yes. Text and fingerboards finger and fingerboards are things, which is what they use on these concrete things. And uh, there's dudes that rip that I guess can do all the tricks. I don't know how many edits they take. I don't know if they like try to do a kick finger flip and then they break their finger knuckle and then they have to take a few weeks off. I'm not sure how that works exactly, but I'm going to take issue with your use of the term rip. Okay. But are they're, they, they're are they globally ranked? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I bet you there's a global rank for that. They, but they, they are. They finger rip. They are. They're committed. So I don't know where this falls into, which might be part of this. But recently, apparently there's a company and it's a video of a guy sitting at a little machine and he's got a little urethane tube and they're making actual urethane wheels with actual bearings with actual wood painted boards and actual trucks and all that stuff and you can put them together but the wheels are urethane i don't know what the durometer is they have more than one i i went and read up on this oh, you deep dove it yeah because i wanted to see what are they charging for this crap it's almost as much as buying a real skateboard That's to put together balls. a complete with this thing I, a set of those wheels is thirty dollars and these are aspirin-sized wheels. 
aspirin. They're not even as big as yeah, baby aspirin size. Yeah, yeah. They're tiny. You got to have one of those visors with a little thing that you flip I mean, I in front say to magnify. They, they say what size like they are. Jeweler's magnifying yeah, jeweler's glass. Jeweler's magnifying yeah. glass, exactly. I want to say they're like four millimeter wheels, which would be about the right size for a tech deck. <laughs> but, the 90s. But, you know, to buy one of their little wooden decks is like $35. It's um, $5 for the grip tape, which is foam, so it doesn't scrape your fingerprints off. Yeah. 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 So it's foam grip tape. Nice. Um, and then a set of the trucks is like 20 or 25 bucks. A set of the wheels is $30. So you add all that up and it's like 80 bucks to buy one of these stupid fingerboards. So you're a skateboarder. We hope you're a skateboarder. So you're a skateboarder and you're at home and your mom's in our generation. And there's like, mom, mom, I want a skateboard. I want to skate. She's like, oh, that's cool. Okay, son, let me take you to the skateboard store. And they roll up to the skate shop and he buys a fingerboard instead of an actual skateboard. Does the mom hang her head or does she push him up into the realm of potentially pro future Fingerboarder. Hopefully she buys him a full set of Dungeons and Dragons dice to go with that stupid thing. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't even ask. Is that a thing? Do you have to roll dice to fingerboard? Is that like a thing? Like you've got to roll a six-sided die to decide if you're doing a, a tray flip or a, or a crook? If you roll a natural 20, it means that you landed the switch tray perfectly down the big set. But if, it's, if you roll a one, you broke your kingpin, you ate shit, you broke your knuckle, you know, which would have been your knee. And you're out for the next six months. I swear there's some dude th th somewhere that is painting little blood marks and scabs on his <laughs> on his finger knuckles. Do you think there's do you think there's like beef between the uh, the guys who have the the finger jeans from the nineties that are baggy <laughs> and the guys with the skinny Finger jeans. Did you see that Tony Hawk just did an advertisement for Hot Wheels is coming out no. for a Hot Wheels skateboard tech deck, but it's got like these fat little shoes <laughs> that you put in and it's sponsored and it's Tony. We love you, Tony. Seriously, we love you. We're not trying to heckle you, but you know you get some sponsorship stuff and Hot Wheels is cool. Dude, take that Hot cool, Wheels money. Take but it. it's a end cap featured in a store yeah. and it's got the thing on it and he's doing a G turn around. <laughs> Hey, hey, you're doing a G-turn. G-turn's about the right speed for, for our generation at this point. Yeah, so, man, I don't know, but I just thought that there was something that I couldn't pass by mentioning because it's it's a thing. The boards, there's board companies. Board companies, they're painting the decks and all that. And I get it. That's cool. I, uh, You're talking about a guy who has one of the largest vintage skateboard toy collections. But that's like Snoopy's and Bart Simpson's and Godzilla's and stuff. The <laughs> operative term is vintage, and you're admitting it's a toy collection. You're not spending 80 bucks on a tech deck so that you can do better, more accurate tray flip replicas. One thing is... At least these guys are uh, not behind computers their entire life. And oh, they are. Screen. I bet you they yeah, are. You're probably, you're probably right. right. But they're at least out there trying to uh, get on the global ranking. This is true. <laughs> so, so we want our fans to do this. We want the global ranking for skateboarders and where we're included. And did they make a global ranking for fingerboardist? Wait, is it fingerboardist or boarders? Ist implies artisticness so no it's an er <laughs> an er now, right. what, speaking of global rankings and you brought up tony hawk um this seems like a good time to mention uh and say congratulations to his son riley oh that was mm. rad for marrying kurt cobain's daughter francis bean 
That's the most 90s thing I could ever possibly think of. It, I, I thought for sure it had to be an internet hoax at first, but it's apparently. I had heard that they were dating, and that's, and I think he mentioned something briefly in one of his Hawk Wolf. They've been together for like two years, evidently. But I mean, remember that. What I want to know now is did. That marriage, does Riley get credit? Does that bump him up in the international rankings? <laughs> I mean, it has to. It's not Kardashian level, but oh, I, I mean, figured Riley was already ranked pretty well. He's oh, sure. a fantastic skateboarder. I'd give him extra points for marrying Francis. That's does that, Francis have a skill that we don't like? Is she a singer or anything? She's a singer. Yeah. She's a singer. Yeah. Something and like she's that. She's an artist. Yeah. yeah. An well, artist. and Tony, don't forget, Tony's dad recently bought that. Jeff Phillips deck that was repainted with the Iron Maiden graphic. Tony's that was, dad? Uh, I'm sorry. Tony, Riley's the dad, dad of Riley. Yes. Yeah. I was say. Kramer. And he bought that board for we don't know how much with the Iron Maiden graphic. Yeah. That was a Jeff Phillips breakout yes. that he did some tricks on as that setup was. And then he did a bunch of remake boards and auctioned them off. Some, but just tie-ins. That's another great point. It all comes back to Texas. It yep. does all come back to Texas. It is good to know that Kurt Cobain wrote a Jeff Phillips board. That's true. That's pretty cool. Speaking of coming back to Texas, uh, we talked about our pro-level sponsors. Once again, Sh- Southside, Hangar, Roger, Embassy, and Old Bones Therapy. We got some bros. Our bros, Mike Money at Cockfight, who we saw recently and talked about on the last episode. Don't forget Cat at Cherry's Wheels. Oh, yeah. Cat at Cherry's Wheels. They'll, she'll be out at the banger. They're killing it, as we always talk about. Cat Palace. Jesse doing our uh, stickers, decals, banners, and all that good stuff. You can check out uh, Cat Palace, and we can give you his info, or we'll put that in our links, of course. And uh, as we continue to talk about all these shout-outs and all these name drops and all these mentions, we happen to know these people. It's cool that we name drop them, but we're not necessarily doing it for the ego part of it, but it is something that we're stoked to start hearing these people stoked, and Rainey is one of those, and so introducing his shop, Break Free, so a Texas skateboard-owned shop in Oakland, California that is doing killer things out there, just had a great photo show, and so Rainey Barres, we'd like to thank him and his shop for being one of those... those sponsors for us, one of those uh, bro sponsors, so... Wow. We are 26 minutes in, Karja. Congratulations <sighs> on keeping it that short. <laughs> you know, at this point here in episode six, our six-pack episode, we've had two interviews. We've had Jimmy Gonzalez, Corpus Christi, and we've done a lot of talk about the Corpus area and the South Texas area. We had Kenny Harrison and Maggie on. Kenny from Corpus Christi area. Maggie, his daughter, ranked in slalom skating and that whole influence. And then we've skipped in with some of ours. But now we're really starting to get some interviews that are looking to book. I've talked to quite a few people, like I mentioned, upcoming Johnny, I know we're going to have people at the banger, Tim Litzman, Mark Wheelis, some of these old school names, and that's before we even get all to the names that a lot of people know. They're finally starting to suspect that this isn't just a scam on our part. Right, right, yeah. Mike Money originally said, you guys are going to do this, but you're not going to like drop off after a couple episodes. We hope not. I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff going on in Texas right now, seriously. And it might not be that far of a fall to drop off. It might not be that far. Well, I'm short. So um, with that, and I mentioned earlier, but let's do something official. Sitting here with us is our very good friend, William Booger Cram. 
What's Thanks up for brother? the invite, guys. Yeah, no, no, Appreciate you're absolutely. Thank I've, you, Thanks I've for known, coming up. So here's the quick. I've known Boog. I can't remember when I first met you, but with my friends that always used to go to Galveston, and my parents had a condo on the seawall, Galveston. It's the one that's got I all the different that. color the uh, crayon units. Boxes. Yes, that place. They yeah. had one right next to the light because we used to sit and drink beer, and when the lights stopped, we used to heckle people and do stupid Wait, shit you mean like the, that. The, the crayon box... Condos that are like kind of over by the flagship hotel. 39th and Pretty C-Wall. close. Yeah. My parents had a condo there that we had, like, it was a, a timeshare. So two weeks out of the year. That's pretty close. Like, that's almost where my mom grew up. Her dad was a captain in the Coast Guard and she grew up. Right captain in the, in the Coast Guard homes? Yeah. 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 Coast Guard homes. Oh, yes. It is right next to that. Yeah. 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 Right and there's down a little the skate spot right yeah, within the, that parking what's lot. What's the hotel that was the old batteries at the Galvez? It was right next to San Luis. The San Luis, yeah, yeah. San so, Luis is on the hill. It's an old battery. Yeah. So right next to the that. The other way. side of the light is Guido's. Yes. 39th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right, that's right there. That's so, where my mom grew up. So I used to, <laughs> so to take this back on track, I used to go to Galveston and we did that. So that's probably where I met you. I'm not really sure exactly unless you remember Three where we Bob met. Fox. Through Bob Fox. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give him some love and some shout out to our Galveston friends. Bob Fox is one of my oldest skateboarder friends. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Bob was driving to my house to go to Highway 6 and skate a ramp called the BH Briar Hills or the Swamp Ramp. And I had a vice, sure grip vice board. The next board I got was a booger board. <laughs> so, and but wait, but I know you were, you're itching to get into it, but before we get, yeah. so we got that booger board and I had that booger board for I don't know how long and unfortunately, I don't know what happened to it. I can't find photos. I've been asking people yeah. and can't find them. Yeah. Um, what it, year would that board have been? Would have been 82. 82. Uh, yeah, because it was after my, or during or aligned during that same little tenure that I was hooked up with Sims. Okay. All right. And we're going to dig into- So that was a Sims board? No, it was actually cut by Jerry Madrid. Oh, Madrid. cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And it was, uh, I remember it having a little bit of cut and shape to it. It's like a foil tail. Okay. And it was white and it had uh, hot pink and black graphics of, you said a skeleton. and a- Yeah, it was a skeleton that was, remember the overcoat was like a really big deal in and around that period of time. Oh, right. So we put the skeleton in an overcoat standing alongside of a trash can that had a skateboard sticking out of it. And uh, Lynn Stevens, who now lives in Hawaii, uh, unbelievable black skater surfer from Galveston. He did the art on it. So I got to shout out to Lynn. That's rad. And get inspiration from dudes uh, carrying shotguns and overcoats and shooting at people, I suppose, because it was a trend to wear the overcoats. <laughs> yeah, it was a full-on <laughs> Definitely trend. for a while. So that's where I met you back in the day, way back. But the reason that you're here is because you go much, much deeper and as we've dug into this Texas history, and we all agree, as we were talking before this episode started, we just haven't got our just due. And there are so many stories and so many amazing skaters that don't get highlighted, will never get interviewed, and won't get the props that they've been due. And that's part of why we're digging through this. And you are yet another archive of an amazing amount of stuff that we're going to try to trickle through as we go. But before we get into this, I did a couple of things and wanted to uh, ask you a couple of questions. First off, um, 
we talked about your pro model. I guess that was a pro model, right? A pro model Ish. at the time? It was a shop board that, that Robbie, I worked at Sunrise from basically spring of 80 to 85. And, and Sunrise, real quick, Sunrise was, was the main oh, it was the surf hub. shop on seawall and it was historic the gentleman just passed away three years four years ago three years ago yeah as a matter of fact um his wife called all the team riders together to be the pallbearers so we were super honored to to do that and we found out many many stories this being one of the stories because whatever board sales i had he'd slide me money to go on trips uh that was sunrise was an epic i have a, a sticker from uh it was like uh ghost surfing or something in in sunrise surf shop and, and it, it like had pray for surf something and like had that all these you know uh bumper sticker styles, old school bumper stickers. So where do you think we were looking back and we believe now, everybody thinks of Johnny uh, in Texas early. and But at this point, when we're talking about this time frame, he was little, I guess 82 or so. So we believe that I think you mentioned this, not Stuart Singer. There was another gentleman you mentioned who had a board by Fairflex, right? Not by Fairflex. Oh, okay. Okay. So in the real, and I've got the picture in my phone, I pulled it. Bobby Morrow had the first board in 75 or 76. Okay, now, man, that's, I know that that's name. amazing. I know that name. Who was the company? Sunrise Surf Shop. And it was the same kind of deal. He, uh, Robbie would produce surfboards and skateboards. In Texas. In Texas, in Galveston. And then it's like, if that guy was the guy, they got a board. Was he pressing boards or was it made out of different, oak. like, okay, solid so it was solid oak, oak still at this point. Kick-tail. Before yeah, kicktail layers. 75, 76, that was probably it was straight solid. flat, but yeah, was no. it a pig? It wasn't a pig board yet. No, it would have been very reminiscent of a Logan Erski flat okay. before kicktail. Right. So then, and, and again, he is. His name again, I'm sorry. Bobby, Bobby Morrow. Now, I've heard that name a bunch of times. I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the correlation is, is that in the pinnacle, in my best estimation or my opinion, and Brett Anderson would agree, the two at the top of the pinnacle were Bobby Morrow and Mark Wheelis. Mark Wheelis. Now, there was another uh, one of the Hispanic kids. I can't remember which name it is. I see his name all the time. It'll probably come Andrew up. Andrew Lopez. Lopez, yes. He Andrew, comes up a lot. Andrew and I were right around the same period of time with Sims. Isn't he, is this the gentleman that Brett Anderson told me is now like a high-end physician? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So He's okay. a doctor. Yeah. All right. So that's very cool. Um, so we think that his board... Bobby Morrow. Yes. Then Stuart Singer. Stuart had to come along in around 80 because I've got a picture in my book, which I'll show you. We got lots of photos. And uh, Stuart's board was with Kryptonics. Nice. Oh, I thought it was okay. I it missed was crypt- it. Well, if it was all out of Boulder, Boulder boards, right? So there's the Stuart Singer board right which there. Which is a thin, almost freestyle looking yeah. board. So I had that because, you know, we all rode the disciplines back in the Oh, day. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was freestyle, slalom, and vert. Uh, or both. And bank maybe, to, maybe high bank jump, to maybe there was, There's stuff. a category called bank to bowl or bank to slalom, uh, something. That's kind of uh, along the line of where a lot of, like, freestyle tubs were at, freestyle bowls. They had banks in them. And then it was bowl, then half pipe. I think it depended on the in park that USA and what contest they had. that they mentioned those different disciplines. Well, I think and it's it was because the park in San Antonio had a oh, half okay, they yeah. had a bowl 
section that turned into a bank section. Right, and I think every park at that point in time, be it either Holly Hills or Galveston or Skateboard City, they were all different. You know, they were coming out of that 70s realm of like, let's pour a lot of concrete, we'll make a lot of money off these kids that wanna roll, and then what is it? Well, there wasn't really a lot of transition going on. So there was banks beforehand. Banks and all surf wavy flowy Very type. flowy. Yeah, yeah. Very flowy. And that's where Bob Morrow kind of, that's where the cutting of that edge started happening. Okay, so Bob, and is he still around? Still around. All right, still and do you, know to, do you know how to get a hold of him? Fully. Oh, talk to God. Him. I talk to him weekly. Well, then we might need to get that uh, yeah, gentleman. Let aware. him know. I, I contacted his uh, ex-wife this morning to send me a picture of the board. <laughs> and so I got see, a picture of the board. See, y'all, this is what we're trying to do. We started this thing realizing, oh, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been talked about, and we need to dig in, and this is all stuff that Carjack and I knew, but yeah. there's so much let, more. Let me, let me put this into context and who Bobby was. And no, no uh, shade on Mark Wheelis or any of the other guys. And, and I know this is that rabbit hole that I'm talking well, about. All those down. names come up in the early days right. and all those names were ranked or not ranked, sorry, global ranking. All those guys were placing True. in these events or disciplines. So just to parallel this a little bit, you know, you got Brian Abel out there too. So he potentially could have been the first Texas pro, which he was writing for Hobie back in the, back in the days from what I recall. But, but Bobby was he Mar pro or yeah, I guess Here that's- again, it's such a gray area, you know, Bob Morrow, you know, if you put it back in the context of everything, Bob Morrow was the goat. Barnett, okay. All right? Okay. So wow. He, All right. He was our Stacy. He was our TA. He was our Larry Burleman. He was our Mark Richards. And because he was Galveston. Galveston because okay. he crossed over from surf to skate. How old is he? He's um, 64, 65 okay, so still now. in that just under the... Yeah. the the Jeff Bauer and Jimmy yeah. Gonzalez age. Yeah. We'll get to but, some but correlations with that. This but yeah, is, this is how good Bobby Morrow was. In '80, he was selected to the U.S. Surf Team, and so his teammate was Tom Curran. Oh, wow. oh shit! So now you're riding with the goat of, of surfing, surfing, right? And Bobby Morrow is his teammate, and he's from Texas and versus he's California. From Texas. Waves are different. The whole US thing. team was like a conglomeration of all riders from west to east coast to go compete in Australia. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I challenge anybody out there at that particular time, give me a rider at that point that could say, okay, right. right. I'll, I'll ride against you. And it was Mark Wheelis. And at that point, because there's so little competitions at that point, it was all based on basically how everybody felt about them. I know there were some competitions coming in and we'll get oh, to that. Yeah. Now, yeah. before we get to this, I love this stuff. This is great. This is exactly what we want to dig into. Hi, YouTube fans. Um, Got a reference photo to show you. Okay. Uh, well, do that reference photo because I want to skip to something in a minute and then Bob go ahead. Morrow. That's Northeast Skate Slopes. That, I was going to say, and that's... He he, is is he doing a... Is that a grind, nose grab, grind? Nose grab, is he grinding? grind, yeah. On a noping, yeah. or whatever, noping. I call it noping. And what's he got on the uh, rear truck? Oh, is that a lapper? Before lappers yeah. were lappers. Oh, that was the one that was just that like weird, it looked like a shin guard yeah. kind yeah. of. And it was metal. Yeah. It was metal. Vertical. So it made extra noise. Device. Yeah. So you ground that also. You do vertical board slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was doing hang-ups, vertical board slides before... Yeah. There were disasters. 
Um, yeah, and of course, looking rad. at that, he's got the old school helmet. He's got the old oh, school yeah. pads with no Cooper pads. Helmet. Cooper, Cooper helmet, helmet, which was which was a hockey helmet. A hockey helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah hockey helmet. Too. I think that might have been mine, as a matter of fact. Man, well. This is what I want to definitely dig into. But before I do that, I, I found a couple of things. I just thought I'd get these out of the way so we don't forget them later. I thought they were pretty cool. First off, you own a shop. I do. Ohana. I do. And you've owned that shop for how long? This is 19 years coming up. 19 years coming up. And they brought us a super rad signed board and they brought us, he brought us a couple of things. Uh, so you're, you're now a bro. Bro sponsor. That's what and, I, I'd like and, to sponsor and, to the show too. Like to so I've got a little something for we'll you. We'll talk about that. We might exchange some phone numbers and some digits. But anyway, <laughs> um, we, we appreciate it because we know you get what we're doing. You oh, know exactly totally what we're it. doing. But before we get to that, in your shop, because your shop is a surf shop, skate shop. Yes. And now, how many skate shops are in Galveston at this stage? Full fledged. Really ourselves, but uh, Surf Specialties also sells. Is it still sneaker. there? Okay, I didn't know Surf Specialties. Surf Specialties is still there, but it's under the moniker of uh, Strictly Hardcore. Okay, but it's mostly surf again. And it's mostly surf, yeah. Okay. So uh, that's one thing. I don't claim to be a surfer. I did surf. I don't claim to be a surfer. I'm the skateboard. Sure, but you're in Galveston. You're yeah. you're involved, and that's kind of one one of the things that I found is that every year you do a some kind of surfs up dog surf oh, yeah. paddle out, yeah. and uh, oh Tracy Weller's just leaning his ear in. You you go and take dogs, and I guess you take them out surfing for uh, raising funds or something. Explain it because I don't know. Sure. Um, Ten years ago, we launched Surf Dog, and Surf Dog, as the West Coast and East Coast have their events, there was nothing on the Gulf Coast, so I recognized that. So we went in and aligned ourselves with the Galveston Allen Humane Society, and uh, we courted sponsors, and we got entry fees and sold merch and so forth and so on. So off of our early days of uh, garnering probably in the neighborhood of around two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000, I mean, we're now encroaching on twenty grand a year that we're giving Super back rad. to our um, Galveston Island Humane group. So that uh, helps get uh, dogs, cats, pets in general, all taken care of and uh, fostered. And um, we've got great sponsors, one of which is uh, Tito's for dog people out of oh, Boston. Yeah, yeah. They're like our big corporate buddy. And they have a foundation which um, uh, assists um, humane uh, groups like ours and or uh, shelters. That is so good. So I, yeah, I, it's a day of surfing on the, the, the literally... The beach has gone to the dogs. No, no, yeah, and, and <laughs> you're, awesome. it's literally there are pictures of you that's, take the dogs our, out on yeah. the on the ankle snappers, that's basically, it. and you let them kind of ride the, the wave in. So that's one of the things that we're finding is, and I know this is all over the world, but for Texas, there's a lot of cool things for down. And when I hear something about your shop doing stuff that's giving back, that's building community, it obviously, I mean, you know, part of the reason you're doing that is to build community and give back and all that. It also brings some people in your shop, and sure. I mean, it, it does a ability. But I think that tying it into the community is key and there's a lot of skate shops out there that don't necessarily do a good job of that or they're afraid to go into that because they're not going to be core whatever but we're finding as we get older a lot of those shops and a lot of the things that are important are because you are combining community with skating yeah. and it's more of you know it's more of an overall family thing well, I guess for right that's exactly the, the uh, definition of Ohana it's a Hawaiian term family 
you know, and so we're incorporating uh, that concept of not being that core, core shop where mom and dad so feel um, uneasy about walking in because, hey, typically when we grew up, they were all in head shops, right? Yep. Right. You yep. know, so uh, no, we don't sell bongs or anything of that nature, but we sell good times. Yeah, you know, so perfect. that's really what it kind of gets down to. That is awesome. So don't forget to mark that down when you go into Galveston. Go check out and talk to Bo. He'll be there, or maybe he won't. I don't know. You uh, have people. Usually there. there. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So before we dig into the good skateboard history, I also thought this was kind of interesting. I found this. The owner of a Galveston surf shop was attacked by a patron with a power drill on Tuesday morning. A surf shop owner was attacked with a man with a power drill. I assume it didn't have a cord on it. I assume it was uh, cordless. And that was brought to you by the Texas uh, police. And it talks about William Boog, the owner of Ohio Skate Shop, confirmed. And blah, blah, blah. I guess some people came in off the street and attacked him, et cetera. But Boog, <laughs> tell us about a guy running in with a power drill. <laughs> and is this, this well, is on the well, strand. Well, this is in the strand. No, I'm on the seawall. Oh, okay. I'm on the seawall. Okay. I'm just like three blocks west of the Pleasure Pier. So that's 25th. You know, when I refer to Galveston or we look at Galveston, we always refer to it in street numbers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can only go alphabetical or from the back letters. side or street numbers, yeah. you know, from east to west. So it was an evening that I was in the store and uh, three of the kids were at the counter and they were, they just bought a, a fresh set of wheels. And um, I assume that they were younger than 18 years of age or so and they were hanging out and this guy randomly comes in uh, about 5.30 and we were gonna close at six. And uh, no, he didn't bring in the power drill, but the power <laughs> drill was off to my left-hand side because I had just fixed a door. Oh, okay. And so the power, it was a cordless drill <laughs> and it was sitting off to the side and um, he was not all there. You know, okay. he, he, was, he was mentally disturbed. And um, in the very end, he was going through the store and he was just shouting out at the top of his lungs, randomness, and the, the three kids at the counter were like going, what's up with this guy? I go, this is I-45, man. You know, it ends right here and we get the crazies. Uh -huh. yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we get them on the seawall and no telling who they are. So I told them to be quiet. And they did, they were still working on their board and I, I wasn't interacting with him, but he was talking to somebody. He wasn't talking to us though. Right, So just um, jibber jabbering. It was jibber jabber and listen to your mother and father. I hate to talk about this guy, but- No, you know, that's fine. I just, I thought yeah, I found it. It, it, so. it, it was, it, it happened and uh, he left, he made a purchase. I gave him a discount because it was the end <laughs> of the did day. He, what did he buy? <laughs> he bought a Hawaiian print shirt and Aww. he went next door and uh, he said he asked the bartender or bartenders, how did I look in the shirt? And um, they said that he looked rather gay <laughs> in a different term. Yeah, so, right, right, right. The old eighty term we yeah, can't talk about. Yeah, but he yeah. was, he was, he was, he was flamboyantly yeah, flamboyant yeah. at that point. Okay. Yeah. So he came back in with the shirt wadded up, and he goes, "I want my money back." And I'm like, "Going, whoa, what happened?" And um, before that, I told the boys, "He's coming back." I, I had a premonition about this guy. And so he walked in, he had the shirt wadded up and he came to the counter and he put it down on the counter 
And I'm going, what happened? He told me the story about going over and what the opinion was. And I'm like going, man, I, I said, you wore it out. You know, I don't really do refunds. You, So what else can I do for you? And I was trying to be really nice. But then he went from probably three or four on the Richter scale to like nine. He goes, you're going to give my money back. And then plunked down a pin on the counter, which made it look like he had a knife. And I'm like, I removed the pin from his hand and I said, it's time for you to go. And or I'm going to make a phone call and we'll make sure. That now, you're a sizable dude. Was he a sizable dude? He was about my size. I mean, you still don't want to fuck with him, but it's still. No, I, just no, did no, I didn't know what I didn't know what was going on at that right. point. And the boys at the counter were flipping out at that point. Yeah. And uh, he goes, call the police. And he came around the corner of the counter and saw the drill. And so he started. Like, I'm going like, to like call uh, police because I'm about to fuck some shit up. Uh, oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up with a couple, you know, pretty good bruises for blocking. But the boys helped you, right? I had him uh, facing, which would be north, behind the counter. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go through the glass counter. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as he grabbed me, I go, fellas. They came around the backside and the littlest guy... As I one eighted him toward their direction, he jumped on like a little spider monkey. <laughs> that was the greatest thing. He's, he's that's his hero story. Oh, dude, fucking hero this, story. This is what this you can count kid. on skateboarders for. Oh yeah, yeah. They hung out and they were like, they were like on. They were trying. He was trying to kill you. Yeah, right, sure. He's, so and this all happened in the span of like a few minutes. I mean, less less than two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so um, the 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 kid. Jumped on him, put him in like a full-on figure four, and his <laughs> legs wrapped around him. And we all three went down behind the counter. And then there's like this pool of blood. I go, where's this blood coming from? And uh, during the course of the fall, this guy had Frankensteined himself. Oh. Right? Yeah, okay. That's, so that's he's karma. got a pretty good gash. And... Note uh, to folks. Yeah. Coined Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That's a specific injury to the forehead. <laughs> You've been Frankensteined glossary with booger. That's it. The full Frankenstein is if you get kingpin bolts. In <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was kicking and thrashing. And um, the hunter, the kid, he was like going, you move one more time, I'm going to choke you out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he never choked him out, but um, I asked one of the kids, <laughs> little black kid, Ty. I go, Ty, call the police. The skater, goes, I know who Ty skater, is, Ty, I think. He's a little bitty, okay. wiry kid. He's okay. so cool. This, you know, I got a really intermix of kids in the neighborhood. And he's 14 years old. I go, Ty, call the police. How do you call the police? <gasps> oh, shit. Okay. He never called the police. He didn't the get police. the 911 memo. Yeah. So I said, all right, Brad, call the police. You know, and so we have this guy down and police were there like no time at all. I think anytime any of our properties get a call, then psh, well, they're there. Yeah. It's Galveston's not huge, but yeah. I mean, whatever. Okay. So, uh, so the, he got picked up and what did you guys hit him with? We, we did not touch yeah, him. Yeah, we didn't hit him. We never hit him. <laughs> You know, and I told the guys, don't hit them because they were they were cocked. Yeah, they're and ready. ready to go with <laughs> boards in their hands. Okay, you know what I mean. Well, I don't, and I don't mean to end this on, but the report says that the gentleman passed away. 
I don't know if it was a reflection of that event. I don't. uh, I got more of a story actually about two weeks ago of the story. Oh, so he bonded out. Well, no, I knew what had happened, but he had bonded out. Um, He was from Miami or so, and um, uh, on his way of after bonding out, leaving Galveston and between here and Miami, he committed suicide. Oh. I'm like going, holy crap, man. Well, you know, that's unfortunate when you know, these, yeah, people he, have he, problems. It, it, and mental, it was just a mental cr- issue. Yeah. You we're, know? we're glad that you're good and we're, it, we're, it's always good. to. I've seen a couple of things where a couple of buddies were around and we're skaters, so we're skater buddies. Yeah. And there's been a group of people that have tacked and kind of, we, we hold out for our own and yeah. make sure that's cool. So, and, you know, what a crazy story. As a shop, yeah. I mean, you know, as a shop, as any kind of retail shop owner, you're always thinking getting robbed. You know, you get all those normal things that yeah. you think. Have you been robbed? A long, our first year. Was it a gunpoint thing? It, it well, allegedly it was. I wasn't oh, you there. didn't know it was the I, the through the shirt. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> a through the shirt kind of thing. And the guy <laughs> yeah. got caught before he even got across the park. God, so scary, I mean, that's but how you know, GPD is on our properties. GPD, that's Galveston Police yeah. Department. Yeah, no, we're we're pretty well protected. Wow, Booger, he is a outstanding so, retail owner. What? For your shop, is um, is Mardi Gras a money making season or is it a close oh. the doors season? It's it's it depends on the the weather and if I have surf yeah. because if I've got surf I then mean, it's kids a, skate all day long. Yeah, right? I just I've been in Mardi Gras in Galveston and it's. Um, does yeah, it get more people up. in the shop is what you're saying? Yeah, well, I just know Mardi Gras in Galveston it's is going balls, off. bonkers. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 it yeah. definitely goes off. I mean, it generates, I'll tell you what, I'd much rather have a day that starts off warm and sunny. And then if it gets into the evening hours. Gets cold. Hey, man, I wore my t-shirt just, you know, and then I need to get a hoodie. Yeah. I need to get a long sleeve. So what happened in the yeah. snow two years ago, three years ago, I guess it was. Snowmageddon. When it snowed, that's only the second time I'd been in Galveston when it snowed back in 90s or early 80s. But uh, did you have? Did you sell out all your hoodies and stuff? Well, no, <laughs> we, we couldn't even open for two days. We, we slept in the store. It was warmer in the store than it was at home. And because we were along the seawall, we were getting rolling power. You know, oh, so yeah, I, yeah, would, yeah. I would be able to turn on the heater for a couple hours for, or yeah. less You're right? Yeah. and get it semi-warm and we camped out there. So, but no, no, the, nobody was, the, the seawall honestly was an ice rink. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. I've got wow. pictures on my phone. I'll show I've you. I've seen that it's before. So was that the same ice storm that hit Austin at the yes. same time, like yes. three years ago? Yeah. So most of Austin was um, completely blacked out for several days. Right. I was and one of them. People like, like I couldn't work. Water was shut off because, or people's pipes froze. So people started off, several people would like fill their bathtub so they had water in case the pipes froze. But then the power went out and the water in the bathtub froze. So now they had a giant ice block. Yeah. I never lost power out here. That's a good, um, that's a good thing. We, and you see, I've got some room. So that's because you have a sponsorship with the devil. (laughs) I'm on Austin Energy out here. We just have better infrastructure. Um, but I was telling friends like, man, I saw you post on Facebook. It looks like you're living in, you know, an igloo. Like, come out here. We've got power. We got food. Come out. And they're like, we, if we try to drive out to Lakeway from Austin, we'll die. Our car can't make it. And I'm like, you you don't have a car that can drive. They're like, there's ice on the road. Yeah, of course. 
I've got a truck with four-wheel drive, so we drove into Austin and rescued some of our friends and brought them out here for a couple of days. Well, we on the island were not prepared. I yeah, will tell that. Everybody that's and not it, from Texas is heckling the shit out of us right now. Do you know what pier and beam is? Yeah, oh, yeah. sure, okay, sure. Okay, yeah. Most, You're asking carjack if you know percent of the homes are pier and beam. Oh, for sure. Which so means then, the pipes freeze because it's there's yeah. air um, underneath. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we were, we were... Man... Tangent with Boog and Carjack this time. Sorry, yeah, sorry. My last fun fact before we really dig into the history is we're almost an hour into this, but we're having fun. We hope you're having fun. Thank wait, you wait, for wait. Along. Real quick on this one before we oh, get off hey. of it. On the same uh, thread uh, with Snowmageddon, how bad did you guys get flooded with Harvey? 33 in, no, not Harvey. Ike. It was Ike? Ike. Okay, Ike. Yeah, Harvey, we had no problem. It and was just wind? It, Harvey was more of a, a water event for the mainland versus it being on yeah. the island. Well, yeah, I mean, I know Houston of, got like 65 inches of rain. This is a hurricane, oh, by but the I've way. Seen, 20 minutes off of the island, and those are those iconic yeah, photos that you yeah. saw with airboats and people. I had a friend actually die, drowned in his house. He was a paraplegic, oh, and he God, drowned in his sucks. house alone. You no, know? I saw footage. I grew up in like Bear Creek in yeah. the like Highway 6. Yeah. North of I-10 section, and I saw my neighborhood where I grew up on the news, and it was somebody driving down my street in a boat. Yeah. Like, the water oh, was yeah, yeah. above the mailboxes. Yeah. But I've seen from when Ike hit down on the Strand yes. by, what's the candy shop, King? La King's. La King's. La King's. Yeah. There's a water line painted yes. like 10 feet up. Yeah. All the all the properties down and around that area, they got like uh, 1900 storm mark. Yeah. They have 1906 or 1915 water mark. And then Ike. Yeah. Which uh, is even higher. Ike is like nuts. two and three feet yeah. greater than. It's, and I was like, it was that deep? And like, for how long? Like, oh, overnight, a couple, yeah. like not not for like a week. Well, or I was like closer to the beach and I had like just underneath my doorknob. So that's what about maybe 36 inches or so. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's awful. Salt water in a home. No, I've got an uncle who's got a beach house out in West Pirate Beach. Yeah. And um, it's funny because all the old beach houses from the 60s are on like eight foot piers and all the new ones are on 14 foot piers. Yeah. They were fine. The eight-foot ones got nailed. That's new code now. Yeah. You have to be basically a second story. Yeah, because the, the flood line was right around 12. The wonders of Galveston. I can't <laughs> even imagine what home insurance uh, cost there. All right, changing directions with my last fun fact with Booger. Apparently, <laughs> is this correct? You graduated with a oral Southern Oral History program from UNC. Incorrect. There is a person named William Boog Cram right. that graduated from UNC at North Carolina in Chapel Hill with a Southern right. Oral History program. With the same nickname? I would Google it. Oh, go figure. So that's not you. So never mind. I don't have anything nope. to talk about him I, being I, I a went, Tar Heel or some shit. I went to Harvard by the sea. Harvard by... So uh, you're Galve Galveston. So let's dig. So you're Galveston born and bred. Yes. What year? 61, December of 61. 61. So I'll be 62 uh, in December. Congratulations. And uh, you just got your right or left hip done? Oh, left hip. Left hip. Left Took hip. you a second. Yeah, I had to think about that because obviously I've gotten both of them done. So I got... Oh, you did? Be, okay, so you're a double. Yeah, oh, all right. I'm a double. So you know. Yeah, I got February the right 
And oh, I didn't one, know that earlier. Okay. And then I got uh, September, mid-September of the left. And hmm. so I'm, what, six weeks on now? A year from September, you'll be good. I, I have that experience yeah. personally. Look at me wumpy. sitting here with these couple of hippies. <laughs> <laughs> hippies, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> hey, so, okay, so you grew up. I know up, it's only a matter of time for me. <laughs> you grew up on the island. Grew up on the island. Uh, You've never left the island. I left the island oh. in 97 because I was part of the original Yaga crew. Oh, yes. And, yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, we left uh, in 97 and I returned in December of 2000. So okay. what is that tenure? March, okay. March to right. three or four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and since Huntington uh, Beach, Huntington Beach, California. Oh, there you go. As we, as you've listened to the previous episodes, and thank you everybody uh, here in our six pack episode, episode six, uh, we've talked a lot about Corpus Christi. We yes. talked about about the coast. We talked about Jimmy and Jeff Bauer trying to get Jeff Bauer in. Um, I think Jeff's also a little bit older than you, as yeah. if I understand. Um, and we've talked about a lot of stuff. What's going on? But right up the coast, I mean, Galveston's how far from Corpus Christi? Project. Oh, three and a half hours. Three and a half hours, hours up the coast. Okay. 200 miles down coast. Yeah. Um, but before we get to like the Holly Hills opening, all that stuff, the 70s, you, you, Booger was nice enough to bring a lot of things for us to look at. And he even did his own outline, and that's going to help out with our questions. The first thing you mentioned here is the neighborhood crew from 71 to 74. But yeah. before we get to that, you're in Galveston. Right. Surfing is a thing. Huge. What is your first recollection of hearing about a skateboard, seeing a skateboard, or the transition from surf to skate since you said you weren't a surfer? I, I think it kind of went hand in hand because my cousin, Sandra, who gave me my nickname, which is a whole other story. Oh, I was going to say, okay, that, we don't want to tangent that yet, yeah. but we are interested. Okay. So um, <laughs> that would have been, no, I had the nickname. Did you pick your nose a lot? No, okay, it was damn to it. the okay. contrary. Okay. Uh, it <laughs> just been a lot it would have been a lot easier to explain that. Okay, we won't tangent. Okay, yeah. so go ahead. So, so she gave my brother and I our first surfboards. And I know I had a Dewey Weber. I knew I had a Dewey Weber and it was a log. And you started, so you did start from surfing. You're standing sideways career starting from surfing. I, I'm in the standing regular foot position. Okay. And so I know it had to been right around 71 or so because we had not moved to our childhood home. Well, our teenage home. Okay. And so we had the boards there. But then at that same period of time, we had neighbors that lived right across the street from us that uh, when their little sister was born, we discovered a plank and some roller skates. Okay. So that somebody had made, nailed together, put we together. We nailed together a plank skateboard. Okay, so Jimmy tells the story in his episode three that he independently over the radio heard about people sidewalk surfing and kind of did this DIY in his garage. Now, we, we made the point that he's not staking claim to be the first, but that he had the quote-unquote independent idea of that. So is that similar to what you're thinking, how Never, that came about? We had the material things on our hands for some reason or another. So why we thought about, you know, nailing a plank onto like an old set of roller skates. I mean, metal wheels, metal truck system that, you know, you, right, you right, know right. what I'm speaking of. Yeah. We had the wherewithal to pound it out, make it flat, and then nail it to a plank. On the days that we weren't really into that, then obviously there was a dude on the, well, we were kids. 
one on the nose on the longboard, one on the tail, and we would tandem ride and make four stops to the beach. Four <laughs> nice. stops, meaning you trade it off? We or? would trade off because there would be three or four. So one pushes and the other just rides? Like like a, you're pumping somebody on a bicycle? Or we're either pumping and someone's holding, or there was a second or a third bike rider. I'm tired. I got to go the, the next leg pull someone in and then they'd be on the nose and tail. So you're splitting 20 pounds or 40 pounds. So it's 20 each, right? Right. And of course, as we know, it's on metal wheels. No, no, no. I'm speaking of surfboards. Oh, surfboards. We're, oh. we're doing both at the same time. Oh, okay. We're doing both at the same time. So we're skating on the sidewalk, you know, with the metal plank or um, with the metal wheel skate and board and surfing. Okay. And we're on bikes though. Okay. okay. So you're talking about taking, carrying the board to the beach. A mile. On your right. Okay. A mile. Okay. Yeah. And you're a little so that's a pound surfboard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's fucking logs. Yeah. So. They're logs. Okay. Yes, so the, you got, yeah. okay. So continue on. You got to the beach and, you know, that's. So we game on. We'd surf. And then how we got it home, then it was just like, you're spent. Same thing. Yeah. You're yeah. Spent, yeah. You know, so then we'd get it on back home and. Repeat the process. Right. So and, then, and back home's a little bit of an uphill, not a whole lot. It's mostly flat in Galveston. No, but the only uphill, well, fortunately, where we would cut across on 47th, it was flat. Okay. There was no rise like how 45th. To the beach. Or, okay. Yeah, there was no rise in the, it was really flat. Local knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we chose the path. All right, so you're saying that was in the 71. So let's, so the first bullet point you hit is the, the neighborhood yeah. crew 71, 74. What, yeah. what did you want to bring up? Who did you want to bring up? Oh, that was, Where did you skate? What were you doing maneuvers? Just trying to survive, you know? So, but the, this photo. Now, while you're figuring the photo, what was your knowledge as far as hearing about skateboarding or the media from California about skateboarding or your friends down the coast in Corpus? Was there any of that? Zero. So this is all whatever you figured the, out on your... You had figured, a toy yeah. from... We talked about this. the metal wheel skateboards was a toy fad that died because it was a horrible build. You know, they yeah. they got returned all the time. And so, but you guys kept playing with the toy, We just basically. kept playing with the toy to the point where I remember now somehow or another I discovered a clay wheel board okay and this is my spark okay all right so this I'm riding on my belly I still must be like seven eight years old or so yeah at my cousin's house and these boards are tiny so these boards are tiny like yeah. 23 24 inches at right. the very most you know and I just remember this board, It somehow or another, my, uh, my uncle must have cut this board for my cousin's brother. And it was uh, linoleum. <laughs> it was out of an old countertop. Yeah. And somehow or another, again, these old school trucks and clay wheels were put onto this board. Where it came from, I have no idea, but I remember riding it in the driveway. And, you know, obviously when we're that little, what are we going to do first? Right on our bellies. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Right. Or your butt scoot out. or yeah. any of those things. Yeah. yeah. Or paddling out. You're right. So I'm riding on my belly and I'm like, oh, cool. Look in the wheels roll and the pebble sticks inside the wheel. Spark. Okay. I'm seeing so when you the say, wheel actually spark. Oh, the wheel spark, not a spark the, in your a, head. A spark in the head and okay. a spark on the wheel that I'm like on. Ah, I really like this. Oh, so the, the, spark. the spark is 
figuratively and literally. Yeah. Am I got that correct, card, Jack? That's I'm not sure, correct. Yes. 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 Okay. And, and I can see it as if it were yesterday. Really? I, I now, remember. was this a hit the rock, spark, and screech, stop, fall? Wheel doesn't want to roll anymore. Okay, and okay. You know, you're on your belly, so you're not going to really fall very far. Well, but, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you see it spark. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, going, oh, cool. Pebble shoots out, hits you in the eye, and your mom is full on story. You'll shoot your eye out, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But no, that didn't happen to me. But okay. uh, that's when I believe just afterwards, my mom bought a board for my brother. For his birthday. How old is your brother to you? Uh, my brother is three years younger. Younger. Okay. Younger. Okay. So um, that would have been in and around when we were probably 11, 10 to 11 years okay. old. Okay. So this is getting a little bit beyond what this scope is. Okay. But that's, did, you, did you have a picture you wanted to describe about the 71 to 74? Well, was his first 75. This is 75. This is okay. After, this is after that um, handmade clay wheel board. Okay. that transitioned into the store-bought Woolworth board that was ball bearing and a urethane wheel. Okay. So, but uh, pre, that's the- Pre-enclosed uh, bearings. Pre-enclosed bearings. Right. Yeah, we were loading Seals, bearings. excuse me. Yeah, we were okay. loading bearings. And and by the way, we're looking at these photos. We know on the video, you can't necessarily see it. And on our Instagrams and Facebooks and all that, we're going to try to get uh, some of these pictures, photos. We're going to try to see if we can get them uploaded yeah. and all those things that we can try to follow along. It's it's quite a task of doing that, but we're going to do our best sure. and continue. So what do you got there? But this crew, the 71 to 74, you know, eventually segued into the 74, 75 crew. Are they called the crew? Because in the photo, I we see everybody wearing crew socks. Pretty much. <laughs> Pulled all the way up and, with the stripes. check out those shorts. <laughs> you better be, you better fact, be did, looking to make sure nothing's sticking out of them shorts. As a matter of fact, he the didn't even smugglers. have... The grip smugglers. The grip smugglers. He doesn't even have shorts on. He, he's <laughs> like a Ken doll. <laughs> it's all smooth down it's there. What are those tan pants that meet and yeah, shorts that yeah, meet? Basically, yeah. So he's, it's a kid. He has no shirt and shirt, he's got a tan shorts, but it looks like he's naked and has no junk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. So okay. that was it. And who are those guys? Uh, that's myself, the Rodriguez's, Danny and Richard, and then that's my little brother right there. Okay. And all four of those guys skated. All four. All four of us. And then you've got a crew just started. below that. You're on the side, you're sitting on a curb outside of some houses. That would be Tim Litzman. Oh shit. Okay. Tim Litzman. There's uh Alvin Cooper. Alvin Cooper. I haven't heard that name in a while. Uh Richard Rodriguez, Richard which is that kid right there. In that first photo. Okay. And he was always like uh writing slash our photographer. Okay. You know, whatever photography that we can get out. And then um I'm not really sure sure who that is, but that's that's pretty much the crew along with a couple other guys. Right. At that point, the crew wasn't much uh, as far as sizable, but, you know, you had... We had our handful, but we were all bangers. Yeah, there you go. There you, ooh, there you go. You know, right. I mean, we can all kind of put up. Booger was a banger. Like that. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, the cool thing, these photos for all you OGs or those youngins that aren't, these are the photos that have the little rounded edges that you got from the Kodak uh, when you went and picked up your developed film yes. kind of stuff. So the, the Fox way... Fox photo. Yeah, the w Fox photo. The way you're, you used to have a little kiosk that was about a size of this kitchen that you could drive up and pick your photos up. And so... Yeah, look, uh, look like a snow cone hut. Yeah, yeah so that's it. That's it. We have to take uh, digital photos or something to get those photos, but that is 
is great. We love everybody pulling out the shoebox. So at that point in 71, 74, you're getting into your getting into teens or almost to teens, et cetera. And then you mentioned your early high school influence is 74, 75. So you would have gotten out of 13 and gone into, or no, you've been in 13, 14. Yeah. Seventh grade uh, was 74, 75. And I remember, you know, obviously there was um, lunch break and we went to a private Catholic school. So they allowed us to bring our boards to school. Well, I didn't have a board at that point, but that's when I was really introduced into, again, loose ball bearing and, uh, but urethane wheels. And I remember my best, one of my best friends, Ken Froney, he had a Bain, Chicago's and Cadillac's, that typical setup that that was in that particular era. And that, Oh, man, that board was beautiful. And I was like, ah, I wish I had the money. I was a poor kid. You know, my my mom and dad pretty much um, lived hand to mouth. You know, I had to figure it out. I had to figure out how to get money into my pocket so I can go get a plastic, uh, what was it called? A plastic uh, barefoot, not a barefoot. Yeah, barefoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a red plastic molded board, kind of like pre-GT. Yeah, yeah. A banana board, in so few words. Loose ball bearing, you know, um, urethane wheels, bought it from the skateboard shop. And Kenny Tyson, uh, you're seeing that guy's name pop up a lot around here. Huge collector now. Yeah, yeah. And KT, we called him uh, Kenny (laughs) Tystick. Because? Because one. Tystick? Yeah. Explain uh, what Tystick, well, you're not, you're not a. No, I wasn't. Could you explain Tystick, Carjack? You're not sure? It's I'm going to assume that's a drug weed. reference. It's a form of weed, but it's hash wrapped in, I don't know. It was a it thing was back then. It was very highly potent. It was a very high potent back then. That was yeah. a thing. So, so KT. Um, so curious, when you're talking this 71, 74, 74, 75 time frame, you're talking about you're getting the wheels, you're, you're able to skate your friend's boards or whatever in between lunch breaks and all that thing, was the... The intention to just roll, was it to try to hang 10? Was it to try to carve and put your hand down and get surf moves? What was what was going on? Because at this point, you were probably only hearing things either via the radio or any potential publication that would have come out. We were seeing the first skateboarders at that point. Okay. You know, after they California or them media back into stuff. Publication. Okay. California media, yeah. Because this is before 77, which was when Skateboarder Magazine is. We're talking 74, 75. 74, so 75. This is just as they were about to start up. So you didn't have that. This is Lords of Dogtown days. Lords yeah. of Dogtown. Yeah, no, so, no. and we're going to get to something about that. That's the Rip City thing. Um, so, okay. So, 74. So, what, but what do you remember about what you guys were trying to do or what it was, you were progressing? It, it was lunchtime, it was about impressing. And it was the girls would hang out. The ladies. The girls would hang out. And I wasn't a ladies man, you know, not at all. I was super quiet. And, but it it was like, um, you know, there was the cheerleaders. And they were out there. I've seen pictures of you as a young man. You're you're uh, foxy dude. So what was what what were the tricks that impressed? Was it three sixty? I think they were maneuvers. And they were maneuvers. They weren't called tricks yet, right? Yeah, right. That's why I'm asking. Okay, It, it would have been probably more surfy type maneuvers where you'd go around the palm tree at the end of the um the sidewalk outside the cafeteria, and you get as low as you could and turn is quick so you may actually go a little bit more Burt style mm-hmm. right right but it's like you're trying to duck into a wave kind yeah. of a feeling yeah yeah exactly so you'd make the and it was kind of like a, just a big track for us you know but then in between then um 
there'd be a point when, you know, Kenny or now Kenny was pretty progressive and he was and a that's lady. Ken Tyson, Kenny Tyson, AKA Ken yeah, Tyson. Yeah, yeah. And he was pretty progressive and he was a ladies man, you know? Ooh. And so it was all about nose wheelies. Okay. Nose now that's a wheelies. trick. Yeah. Nose wheelies at that point. Nose that's wheelie, pretty or like a, a G turn or like, or no. like both feet. Yeah, it was on both the, feet. Like, so hang 10. Hang 10, hang 10, hang 10 yep. wheelies. Okay. Hang 10. And then uh, if you can rip off a 360 front side or a backside, or maybe even get two or three in, then you're impressing the, uh, the right. cheerleaders. And it's crazy, kind of. I mean, I guess it just nobody thought about it that team, but nobody was like picking up their board and flipping it and dropping it back down or or taking their foot off. There was nothing that was anybody no. was even trying at that point of that. So it was all no. still surf influenced and yeah. trying all to emulate. Sur all surf influenced. And so this is when Daniel Gesmer would have been king of the world. So we <laughs> Daniel Gesmer, uh you'll need to clarify that card. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> for those of those. <laughs> he's the guy, if any of you remember from the Powell video, who was basically doing ballet on a skateboard and oh, talking about how skateboarding oh, 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 oh. or skateboarding is uh is turning. He does he does what solemn racing what these days. Video was that in? That was in oh, one ban this or propaganda, <laughs> one of the later Powell videos from the and late eighties. His name 80s. was Daniel Gesmer. Gesmer. He's a slalom racer and downhiller now, and okay. he's super good. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No no heckling that, but it's funny no. that you bring up that reference. I'm just so. saying, if you <laughs> if you weren't doing tricks, not stepping off the board, not popping ollies, and it was all about carving, flowing, doing nose wheelies and stuff, that guy would have smoked everyone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I love this outline you put in. Before we get into this next step, at this point, how did your – okay, you, two things – one is how your parents felt about it. And the second thing was I get the whole not having money because Jimmy tells a story about it, renting a surfboard for 25 cents and that was a little bit of tough. And then he went and bought the skates and then he, it was the one was 295 and one was 395 and he couldn't afford the extra dollar. So we get that kind of time right. frame. What were your parents thinking of you not just using a toy, but starting to talk about it and want to be around it? Well, obviously I came from, you know, a latchkey kind of situation, you know, being Italian and Catholic and all this and that, my mom wouldn't let me out the doors, you know, so we had to be somewhat homebound and or ride right across the street at the Rodriguez's on their little flat section of payment, mm -hmm. or we would go to the high school, which was across the street in my teenage years. And then that's where we would ride. So to the extent where mom and dad allowed me to build ramp number one in the yard. Ooh, okay. So and let's, is your next thing before you get in the mid 70s spots and banked ramps, is this yeah, what you're referring to? That's it. Okay. So he, his third outline point is the mid 70s spots and banked ramp 75, 76. So right. details. So if we're looking at like, like Galveston's flat, you know, we don't have a lot of contour to the island. And this is before we're thinking of pools. We're seeing pool shots in the magazines, but if you drain a pool on the island, they pop out like immediately. Oh, the, the weight. The water table is just so low. You may have a pool drain for like a day or two. So what we would basically do is that there was a, uh, a physician's clinic four blocks away from my house and it had, it had a bank. They had a upper raised drive through for a drive through window to pick up prescriptions. I've seen and that so kind forth. of construction. Yep, yep. And there was a, oops, sorry about that. 
there was a bank built alongside of it. So you can only go north and south. Right. Couldn't go head on it. But then you can do carves. You can maybe hit two, two can, up and down on the bank two, or something like that. You bank carves into it, and that was it. And that was, again, like pre-Logan, Logan era. So 74, 75, 75. So you go from this flat area that you found that you were rolling around and trying to do the, the surf maneuvers around yeah. the trees and that sort of thing to the bank ramps. And then like that, then all of a sudden you're saying, oh, wait a minute. Because here's this funny thing, you know, they talk about the age of street skating and stuff, but I mean, technically street skating, that was street skating. It wasn't yeah. the same as what evolved yeah. to, but you're basically finding constructed businesses or infrastructure that ironically, I don't know if ironic's the right word, but works for skateboarding yeah. perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another location on the island was El Chico's. El oh, Chico's, I skated that. It was like a loading dock behind the old restaurant. I have a photo of our friend Jonathan the Child doing a um, nose grab tail stall at the little parking block that it. So it's that, a, that's right. We yeah. put a parking block. Yeah, on so the very a, top. So it's of basically it. a loading dock where the the asphalt parking lot dips down and naturally where the lot is, then there's two raised banks on either That's side correct. of it. So you can almost skate it like a ditch almost. Yeah. It's kind of like an oversized curb cut. And is it the back of a building, the back, back of a restaurant, El Chico's it restaurant El or something? El Chico's restaurant. It was in the very back. Is that still there? It is still there, but it's all Holy cordoned shit. off by, you know, paid parking for UTMB. It's still there. Yeah. And then the one that came up most recently, which was, the side of the 51st Street Bridge that do you saw that that Bob uh, actually went and back and went revisited. And skated. Bob Fox yeah. went and skated. And that is basically an embankment that runs along as the freeway tapers up it's, or whatever. It's called the 51st Street Aqueduct. It's the Judge Smith Aqueduct that leads over to Pelican Island where Texas A&M University is over there. Okay. Which is an offshoot of A&M and College Station. We have maritime and marine biology. Right, right. And you have the University of Texas yeah. uh, UTMB right. program. So which, those uh, were the three banks. Okay. You know, that we, and that was, again, pre-sealed bearing days. Pre-sealed bearing days. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. And that's what your reference was there because there's another spot that we skate a lot, but that was a lot, uh, a lot later, I think. And that was the Wendy's on the seawall. The back drive up parking oh. lot has a big bank that Tim, we used yeah. to skate, but Tim, I don't know if Tim that was. Litzman loved that spot. I, okay, so that's been there for a while. I wasn't a Wendy's, I'm guessing. It it's, originally. It was a Wendy's. Oh, yeah, really? It was originally. a Wendy's parking lot. Yeah. Again, like a major oversized curb cut. Okay. Curb cut. All right. There yeah, you the, go. the one that I remember was at uh, right by Colonel Bubby's on the Strand. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah. And that it was, was like one transfer. of the best curb cuts I've ever seen. It was basically topped off. It was like like yeah. a little small volcano. Yeah, it was like two back to back, and yeah. you could try to clear the deck. I never okay. skated the Strand. Oh, I I used to go hit that in high school. It was <laughs> it was that, and then um, where the Pleasure Pier is now. When that was was that the flagship? Or yes. Was, that was, it was the flagship. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, There was yeah, the yeah. long curve. Curve at the flagship. That, that came the, down yeah, from we the front. Do board down, slides on that. And it was like over 100 feet. Like oh, yeah. the it was, longest it was board it was, it, was, it was wider than a regular curb. It was yeah. almost double wide, but you could get your whole board you on it and be stable. On both sides it's like it. the yeah. very famous curb that everybody's skating at the parking garage in California these days. They're doing the big board slide that ends in the red. Yeah. It's been on a bunch of Instagram. It's kind of like similar yeah. like that. Yeah. So um those were the two spots that I really liked in Galveston was the the uh the curb 
there at the flagship and then the That's curb it. cut at right. Colonel Bubbies because yeah. that was like a launch ramp. Yeah. yeah. Now there was, was a few spots all along the seawall with some either monuments yep. or there was, oh, yeah. and then they had those weird like tiny little parking curbs off to the side. So there was always oh, yeah, stuff yeah. to skate on. I mean, the seawall in Galveston is a traditional, you skate up and down, you bike up and down, you True. do whatever the case is. But True. that was also a place where if you went to Galveston, that was kind of more checking out what was going on and who was around and maybe you found some stuff to show yeah. off or whatever the case was. Right. right. And that was back then too because that's it. That's obviously, all of those lo little locations. Now, let me – you mentioned the Red South Side and the Red Bull thing that they do every year. Oh, yeah, and yeah. they the this year was a little bit more of a long rail and stuff. But last year, they went down the ramp to the big transition. Was that transition there in those years? We're talking about 71, 74, no. the seawall transition? That wasn't no, there no, yet. We, well, we would ride it without having them – basically throw in some Crete, you know, to make but that, it happen. But I'm saying is that seawall, was that transition that's in that, there's that walk down down ramp and then there's that big transition wall that the seawall was, yes. that was there that at was that there. point. That was there. You that's guys been there had since to be, like 1905. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you guys had to be eyeballing that, oh, right? Oh yeah, we were. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We always thought but, it was like a natural quarter pipe. But you never skated because you didn't, because it's really hard without the DIY they've done. I, I tell you what, Tim Litzman would skate anything. And I, I I wouldn't ride it, but Tim would. And then it, it, could you really get a grind on it or could you get into any type of trick? You couldn't get speed, you couldn't but get maybe speed. Yeah. And then it's the wrong direction. Yeah. You know? Depending on what footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, but uh, Tim wrote all that stuff. Right. You know, so as far as like my era, he was the all round guy that would hit all those spots. And Tim's coming up. Actually, Tim was supposed to try to come through Austin recently and had some things he had to take care of. So yeah. we're postponing that. But yeah. uh, Tim is a name that comes up and he's a Galveston native. And he was he's, my he was my nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> was this like yeah. uh, in Austin, there was uh, John Now was the North Austin guy and Kenny Payton was the South Austin guy. They're friends, but there was always the yeah. North South. Is that kind of well, what you're saying? Galve yeah, Galveston was in um, probably two different factions. Okay. And this is documented because I've got a... Is a, this in the 75, 76, 76, no, no, no. a little this, later this, than that? This gets into late 70s. Okay. Okay. Still. All right. So uh, uh, East End guys were Wolfpack. The and Wolfpack. the West End guys were Cowtown because it was more pasture land out there. Yep. Right? And Jimmy, so those, those Jimmy mentioned a guys. similar thing in Corpus in his episode where the guys, he talked about the the ditch where the guy took a shit in the ditch oh, and they called, yeah, 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 and he yeah. talked about the guys on that end of town and the guy see in in Austin Kenny Payton talks about the Austin central guys that were in the main part of town and then he talked about the cedar choppers which were the guys that lived <laughs> west of Austin yeah or south south, south and west of yeah. Austin and they were the cedar choppers so it's it's so rad and yeah. funny in, in these days this is how you guys differentiate your heck or your clicks or yeah. I guess it all comes back from the 50s Fonz Days. I yeah. don't know, but you had the what were they again? They were the Wolfpack was east, east, and Cowtown was uh, which would have been west, west. Um, now wait, west end, which was Stuart Beach is which Any, end? Anything past which, 61st is considered west at that point in time, west, and going towards when, Corpus and all that area, right? Going that, towards that Surfside, Surfside, right? Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those are a little bit more affluent kids that had surfboards and skateboards, oh. you know. And they okay. had a little bit more money out that way. So and that was the Wolfpack. Cowtown. Oh, that was the Cowtown. That was okay. Cowtown. Wolfpack. What did the Wolfpack? They were more gritty. They were gritty. And it's like you had to have permission to go to their ramp. You know, I had my ramp, mm -hmm. which I never saw their ramp until I got an invite. 
And it's like, Cram, if you're going to come and ride here, you got to do this. And so that's a whole other story. We'll get to that, I yeah. think, because we're gonna we're about to get kind of into that now. Were they calling you Cram? Were you was Booger uh, was Boog not? Uh, I, I, I there were some that would say Boog or Booger, and then there were some that would say Cram. Cram. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cramming in a lot of stuff here in this uh, episode. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We see some smiles from those looking on. We appreciate that. We're glad everybody's uh, enjoying it. I am for sure. Now, I'm going to move through this a little yeah. bit. So then you get into the pre previously mentioned sur Sunrise Surf Shop yeah. and then Kyle Contest, but spelled K-I-L-E Contest. That, so it. go through those. Radio station. And this is in, 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 in numerical order. I mean, this is in your... Yeah, right, no, this in, is in, your in order. full linear okay, time linear. frame right here. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Sunrise was, um, you know, again, in it basically because they were the, the core shop at that point in time. There were other stores that were on the island, but uh, Robbie was really into it. And Robbie is a very church-going guy, but he never got on a soapbox and preached or okay. anything of the sort. But and he put Robbie... his money... Robbie Robison was the okay. owner of Sunrise. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie Robison. And um, uh, his brother, Alvin, hired me in the spring of 80. And because of... I was a shop rat. I basically hung around so much. It's like they put me to work. Right. And so I went to work for spring break forward for the next... Four and a half, five years. And I that guess. was the only shop at the time, mostly well, in Galveston. Well, there was Ocean Magic. I don't remember that. There okay. was Island Surf Shop. Okay. And then there was Sunrise, and Sunrise had two locations. So 61st Street, which at some point in time burned down, which left 47th on the seawall. And uh, that's where I worked at. But then okay. I, it, it, it's a very long chronicling of the Sunrise um, story, but he would produce contests. And so okay. there would be Galvez Mall. Then there was like a, a freestyle slash bank contest behind the mall. Okay. And then so they, using the parking lot and all that. Because I know lot. there was a big parking lot next to Sunrise. I thought it was an old Kroger or an old yeah, that's street, right? right? True. He couldn't use that parking lot, did right? demo there. Oh, we, did? We did okay. demos there and stuff like that. Okay. And what were the, when you say at that time, we're still early 70s. So demos were not on obstacles except La for banks. Late 70s. Now. Okay, late 70s. I mean, but we're about the late 70s. What were the obstacles or, what, or was it just a, a flat parking lot? It was a bank. Okay. It was just a big built bank that was probably 16 wide by eight or nine feet tall, you know, and it was just part of like, you just did a bank maneuver off of it and then you did freestyle. Okay. So it was kind of like going back to your question, bank freestyle. Right. It was kind of incorporating, it's almost an early way of looking at it as it's almost like street style that was segueing in the 80s. Right, early on. Right? And so Texas was on the forefront of street style. Yeah, so that would have been late, late 70s. Okay. Looks like for the last few minutes, if you're watching, it looks like Carjack's searching for some spot. I'm not sure he's found it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's investigating something. We're watching him. We don't know. But we thought it was a spot that we were talking about. We'll figure it out. All right, moving on with the, the Kyle contests. Yeah, so K-I-L-E was like a sponsor okay. of Surf. Oh, is that a radio station? It was a radio oh, station, yeah. Oh, K-I-L-E? Yeah, K-I-L-E was like a local radio station. There were two. There was KGBC, which was uh, based on, on Pelican Island side, and then K-I-L-E was a little bit more closer to the beach and where Pleasure Pier is now. And they ran 
contest. They were, they, were they, they called contests? Were there like rankings and okay? I don't want to say rankings or anything of the sort, but it, it was like a a vehicle to promote the contests locally. Okay. You okay. Know? Would this have been at the park at Stewart Beach, it, or was that not up yet? Not no that no we're we're, before, yeah, we're not still quite Stuart there Beach yet. Was, uh, 86, I have a question coming up in the next couple bullet points. So, uh, but okay, so K I L E yeah. contest, and they were they was basically an they, entity that was that was that liked the fad or what was going on, and they were trying to sponsor and promote true. it. Yeah, they they were integral in its promotion. Okay, and so those were events that you're doing, and that was again late seventies. Yeah, and then we, and then your next point is the island half pipes and the introduction of flat bottoms. So yeah. let's start with the first half and island half pipes, and these are half pipes, no flat bottom. We're going to get into the flat bottom part because we also talked about the Mike McGill of Florida thing, et cetera. So right. before we get to that. What island half pipes were there that early? Well, here because again, we're seventy seven. We're pre Holly Hills. Pre Holly. Oh no, wait. Holly Hills was seventy six. Seventy six. Seventy six. So this is just so, after the introduction. Yeah. yeah okay. Seventy six. Well, then that's a good question. Before we get in the island half pipes, how did or when did you remember hearing about Holly Hills? Because it's right it, up the it coast. Was through the magazine. Because I remember you didn't hear about it through word of mouth. No. Oh uh, wow. We, we saw that's it in, crazy. I saw it in the magazine. Okay. You know, so and you're like, holy a, shit, there's a park three miles up yeah. the way. How did we know about Skateboard City, the magazine? Right. You know, we we just learned of it uh, by seeing the mentions, Texas, where's, uh, oh, I can go but see that. the skate that. shops, the Sunrise Surf shops, they didn't have, like, nobody was sending flyers or putting, that's no. crazy that no. you found out about. Okay. No, we were massive. Sunrise right. was massive. It, but, but nobody uh, was putting in like, hey, have you been up to Corpus Christi yet or whatever? You had to find out from a magazine. To me, was, that seems a little crazy. It was mouth, yeah. Smoke signals, right? I mean, yeah. there was no way to communicate right. amongst the masses Okay, so point. then that's going on and you didn't have it. Before the Island Half Pipes, you had not gone to Holly Hills. Never. Did you ever skate Holly Hills? Never. Okay, so you never even got to that, which was in this time frame, which yeah. is crazy. Again, uh, economy may not have been able to afford it, couldn't get out there. How do you, who has a car, any of those variety of things? Latchkey kids. Latchkey kids. So then what did you have on the island as far as half pipes? So the, I always heard about the skyscraper. The skyscraper was this massive bank into a quarter pipe. I've seen some recent f footage of similar to that where yeah. kids are just, they go up, they take a turn, they get off, they take, they just take turns. It's a, it's a big roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Repeat, hit, repeat, hit, repeat. Where, was or, that at somebody's backyard? Was, was, here again, I'll refer to the street numbers, 14th Street. Okay. So 14th Street, Wolf Pack. There was a crew of guys that were down there, Alvin Cooper, Robert Salinas, the Quintanellas, the Bests, and these are a lot of brothers that are down there. And uh, the owner of the property, Tino Yabara, he was probably the first, I, I called them snow cone ramps because it looked like half of a snow cone. Mm -hmm. Oh, but okay. It was, it was a bank quarter and it led off of the second story of the house. So the second story of the house had a little balcony up there. Again, the the skaters in Texas were building ramps either against or utilizing the roofs of the fucking garages. Yeah, That's or, right. which is another ramp altogether. <laughs> so it would start off on that first to second floor, a bank, and then you'd hit the quarter, and that thing was solid four to five foot of vert. 
<laughs> and and it led up to where the um, telephone and the electrical lines were. Hence, it was a skyscraper. Yeah. This so, is so crazy, though, because you had not heard about what Jimmy and them were doing in those same years, none. rolling in off the roof and fucking two feet of vert. And meanwhile, down in Galveston, we're like, we don't even know about that, but fuck you, we're doing four feet of vert. Yeah. No, we all had four <laughs> not feet Not really, of vert. but I mean, you know. Yeah, I yeah, know. All of our ramps had four feet of vert. I mean, that's a sheet of plywood. Yeah. It's just, right. They weren't yeah. doing a whole yeah, lot of yeah. cutting. They didn't have to bend any further. Right. right? Pretty much. And, and these were like the... Oh, this... what, which even gets better. So the last foot was plexiglass. <laughs> so you can see through. So you can, you can see. see through. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then hey, you man, can, you got... Oh, that's a cool shot from behind. Yeah. Well, it was also like four wheels out. You could get plexi. Did you get plexi? You got plexi. Yeah, yeah. I made it to the plexiglass. Or there was no steel coping at that point. There's no coping, what, right. What were we using? Uh, if what, anything, what is, were you using? Yeah, broomsticks. Broomsticks. Yeah, <gasps> broomsticks. That's like an inch, inch yes. and a half, maybe. Yeah. That's something what like we call pinner coping. <laughs> yeah, pinner. Somebody rolled a pinner and put it on the coping. Yeah. Um, so, so that was the first one. I never now, saw it, and I never got invites. Okay. Now, Jimmy, it took me a while. And I should have mentioned this on the mentions. Oh, that's so rad. We'll show this you this is picture. Not the skyscraper. Okay. Jimmy mentioned. Um, about uh, the transitions. Uh -huh. It's crazy. We're looking at these photos as we go through. Jimmy mentioned that they built a ramp based on the Rampage ramp. And I okay. had to look and I found what the Rampage ramp was, which I guess was an, apparently a traveling ramp. So is this like the Rampage ramp or that was a full half this pipe? pre-Rampage. Rampage was a half pipe. Rampage was a half pipe that I think was in around Southern California, San Diego. There's that sounds right. They did tours and, and yeah. there's some ads and yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So these pictures that North you're showing County. us yeah. now, this is your ramp. This is my ramp. So right. what we did, and this is the same time frame. This is '77. How do I know? Because I went to my first concert, Steve Miller Band. <laughs> He's got a Steve Miller Band shirt. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, is that, yeah, yeah. is this, this is front yard. This is my front yard okay, ramp. Okay, so. This is ramp number two. If you're standing in a house and you're looking out the front porch, it's off to the right of the porch. And there is a ramp that leads from the porch all the way to the front door. And then there's a Camaro or something, a Chevelle. I don't know what that is. Pontiac Le Mans. Uh, Pontiac Le Mans <laughs> there. And it's an eight-foot-wide yeah. eight ramp. Now, this was, again, pre-transition, right? So you were bending the wood we and putting the, the ramps, the, the cross braces to match what you could, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was no transition. There was no ramp plans. None of that had That's happened That's how I yet. built my first quarter pipe as right. well. We did too. Yeah, I understand. You, you, but they were janky. Janky Way more janky and kinked and et cetera. Okay, so this is an eight foot wide, right. four feet of vert. Four feet of vert. How much, what transit, you don't even know. You don't it have a transition. Probably, it was probably like on eight foot transitions. Okay, so tight. And that was, was no flat bottom. Yes, flat bottom. Okay, so let's back up this a little. This is where we're, that's so where the flat when you say island in. half pipes, was this, are there half pipes with pre no flat bottom? skyscraper which basically we took the bank and then put it into half pipe okay so, so you then bent a, a bank you bent it literally with the wood and then nailed yeah. it to make it a transition okay so then your half pipes now we discussed in detail about the invention of flat bottom and we feel that it came from mike mcgill in florida am well, i correct from hollywood florida which hollywood, was the florida. home park for mcgill and alan kona. gelfin oh not kona, not kona. the hollywood, hollywood florida park right, right right hollywood like it wasn't that mcgill created the flat bottom but that was 
somebody did it that there. That was possibly the first park that had flat bottom in the half pipe. Okay. And that's why McGill and and Gelfin were able to start innovating and we tricks think that, that people was, weren't doing it because I, they had the more time to yeah, think and, and to get the double pump. That's what exactly our thought was because they were going, cram, there's too much, there's too much bottom on here. You got to have a half pipe because that was 14th now, wait, Street. Now, before that's they're talking about your ramp that was built. My ramp. Now, to get to the building of the ramp, I'm, well, that's what I'm curious about is that I'm trying to establish a timeline. I don't know if we know what time frame that Florida ramp was, but this had to have happened simultaneously. Yeah. It had to be independent thinking. It had to be independent ingenuity. So where on earth did you think about making flat bottom where did that idea or thought come from because we wanted a takeoff ramp a take explain so there was a probably three foot wide takeoff ramp oh that okay led so into the flat we didn't know how to do curves okay so right? if you look at this ramp we're talking about we're looking right. at the back of it it's eight foot and it's going you're looking at it long ways and off to the right side of it on the, the transition that's nearest you they have a plank that is off to the side that you would start on to get into the so ramp. So it's like a little runway There's roll a runway in. rolling. Because yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. was dropping in. No one was dropping in at that point. Holy fucking... Because how are you going to drop in? There's brilliant. no deck. I know, it's a two but by just, six with a broomstick I'm on just, it. <laughs> right. I've never seen that, which is why that's so cool, because yeah. it's a it unique... Our seat. It's a two by four on edge with okay. a broomstick. <laughs> so the reason that you had flat bottom was so that you could roll in and you didn't have to automatically go into. Correct. You gave yourself a little distance to get in. So the thought process was you needed the distance and yes. then you discovered the distance allowed you to skate the ramp. And have better, better? setup. Yep. Have better setup. Time. time. Basically time. time is. Mark this tape, John. Yeah. I don't know where to mark it, but mark it. Okay. So 14th Street was still half pipe. Half pipe, yes. Half pipe, no flat bottom. Pure half pipe. Pure half pipe. And we eventually, we still need setup time or something of the sort. So there's 14th Street. Okay, and this picture right here, this this picture right here of Bug, this is going to be a picture that we definitely put in. That is a Freaking fantastic photo. One, that's you're a good looking dude. Yeah, good looking got, dude. Got You've got hair. a freaking mop of hair. Yeah, you look like you could throw your helmet off and start fighting with the dudes from what was that movie? The the hockey movie where everybody fights. Oh, slap shot. Slap shot. Yeah. Um, okay, so but then you've got uh leather workman gloves. Oh no, they're rectors. Oh, those are rector gloves. Okay, yeah, rector pads. Rectors. You've got some kind of a hobie looking striped surf skateboarder cool, magazine. Skateboarder magazine. <laughs> Fucking rad. Okay. <laughs> and then you're you got a town and country sticker I see. I can't tell it, from the distance. It was a tunnel more. skateboard. Tunnel skateboard. Tunnel okay. skateboard. Laser trucks, blue crips. And that was what year that. that picture? This is I know I was in 10th grade, so that had to have been 78. 10th grade, the dude in the picture looks like he could buy beer. Yeah, no, I was in 10th grade. Back then you could buy beer in 10th grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's definitely one of the pictures we're going to put up because I, I've had that tag. That's a freaking fantastic photo. But, but oh, look, can, what is that? Well, we're using pipe now for <gasps> coping, but if you but this was a 16-foot wide ramp. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Roll in. Roll in double on either side, so you could get speed. It was all about the speed. It was all about speed. Like everything it, it, back in those days, you had to work your way up to the speed. Yeah. You couldn't really. I mean, you couldn't just work your way like they do now. Right. You had to roll in, and that first wall was whatever True. you could get out of it. And this was rampage. 
No flat bottom. When they say ramp, when but, we say a rampage ramp, that's no flat bottom. Okay. Going back to this. Okay. Then the introduction of flat bottom, and you're saying 1977. With he's got a picture of no. He's got a, the top of the ramp. Is that the plexiglass? That's the plexiglass. The plexiglass. You can see it from. He's shooting it from the backside. Look at the ramp, and then there is a freaking broomstick. I guess it's nailed or yeah. glued yeah. on nailed. the top that he's grinding. And why did you realize at that point? I guess seventy seven. There was already the understanding of needing something on, to release the wheel. Uh, okay, explain. I understand what you're saying, but release well, the wheel. What your thought there? Uh, you know, it was pre-conical years, you know, and the wheels were pretty darn big at that point. Mm -hmm. And so we always knew in seeing like the pool photos that somehow or another it needed to be some type of coping. Oh, right. Okay. Right? To get out, to yeah. roll over. Yeah, right. you need the bump. Because we people doing, were hitting their trucks were, yeah. at that point. And this was before Copers because you thought you were fucking your trucks up. And yeah. so pre that, this is good stuff. Look, I mean, you know, these are like tracker... Full. That's a Look grand. at that picture. So it's a two by four, and on the top of the two by four that doesn't even extend the full two by four is a broomstick. It's a broomstick. Yes. So, so we needed something to release the wheel. <laughs> William Booger Broomstick Cram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. So was that? Was do it? you know? Was that your idea? Where was the coping? Where's the broomstick in the metal pipe? Where did that I come from? Do you know? I have no idea. I mean, so many years. Somebody down the street was doing it. I don't know. No, no when one I down was, the street. When I was thirteen, I I put broomstick coping on a ramp, and we we didn't know. Yeah, but when you're thirteen, that's a, a few more years past when he was thirteen. Sure. So I mean, that point. Okay. Thirteen. So Brian's right. didn't change that much over that span of time. Okay. So by okay. So at this point, the introduction of flat bottom. You're saying seventy seven. Seventy seven. Man, I would love to get some confirmation from somebody out there or somebody about that because I'd like to compare that to you want to see if to, Hollywood, Florida, to Hollywood the same Florida time. and that sort of thing. So, yes, I would love to have somebody look and try to get us some comparison or even get a hold of Mike McGill or something. It's not about who did better or who's better or who got it first, but it is about trying to figure out the independent thinking and where that puts Texas in the status of everything we're trying to build about our history and what we were doing. And again, it continues to prove that you're you trying Porter. to figure out where Texas is in the international rankings. Yes, we're trying to rank. <laughs> where is Texas ranked to the global scale? Skateboarding community. No, uh, what I'm trying to figure is that it is another point of Texas being at the forefront of something without necessarily having the influence of knowing there's independent ideas, independent thinking. How do we make it happen? We were just like any other place, California, Maryland, Florida, we're working on enjoying this board and wheels and how we can make that experience better and that those points right there booger are yeah. phenomenal towards the points we're trying to make i think it was just like a, a, a necessity thing how to figure it out you know and it, it was a, a freaking broomstick you know it's like we don't we can't pour coping we can't get pull coping we didn't think about putting pipe up until 80 you know okay. or at least 79 and then 80 all the ramps had like some sort of galvanized old you know, post fence post. Yeah. Right. Know, but we didn't think about putting black steel. Up. Was there a point where you guys took a piece of PVC, split it in half and we nailed did. it up? It was too slick. Oh yeah. I mean, I did uh, the there, same. There's, yeah. there's and you couldn't hear it. It was weird because yeah. PVC, the, the one thing I remembered about it is I didn't like the fact that you couldn't hear. It, it just felt weird. No, it, was it sounded a, like having squeaky bushings in your truck. <laughs> yeah. Old squeaky bushings. Um, all right. So 
all these photos that you're flipping through, and again, we're going to try to dig through this. We're <laughs> we're an hour and forty five minutes into this, but GBC. we knew this was going to be long. We may this may yes. be two episodes, John, or yes. maybe one long ass episode. We'll figure it out. Before we get to the next point here about the Galveston Skate Park, I have something I wanted to bring up that kind of reflects. So we talked a lot about the skate slopes contest mm. in San Antonio. Were you there? No, Latchkey. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going back to Latchkey again. San Antonio, you weren't there. Did you know about it? Fully knew about okay. it because that's when I thought that uh, I'm going to be able to kind of show myself now. And at this point, where did you consider yourself in the group of skaters as far as talent goes? As an honest question. No, no, no. I, where did you feel like, I mean, obviously you were good and Litzman and some of these guys were right, good. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, proof in the pudding is when you look at the results, go, go look. I at, know. Okay. We're going to get to that. Say, I just, in your mind, did you, you knew that you guys were kind of leading the pack in a I, sense. I felt like that the Galveston guys were leading the pack. Because if you look at it in overall points, Bobby Morrow would have basically taken everything from Northeast Skate Shops. Go go add up all okay. the all the placings. Then you have Tim that did really well. In a couple of several disciplines, correct. Right? And then you had Alvin Cooper correct. that did well. And then I believe that I was just behind probably Alvin and Tim. Bobby couldn't touch. Okay. Bobby, he and he Singer was, was one of those top names in several of those too. Never but. saw Stuart Singer uh, talk to Don and Elaine on the phone many times because they used to buy from Donnell Distributors. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's another story in Wormhole. But um, if you really looked at the bigger picture, and Kenny Carmona, I think was actually a placed rider from Galveston in there. There was a lot of Galveston riders. There was a lot of Galveston riders, and that's what we're trying to again determine because we mentioned in that there was the, yeah. you know, David Donaldson was not in the sixty-nine category. John Jeff Gibson were in the thirteen to fifteen category, mm -hmm. and you would have been. I would have been in probably eighteen. You would have been in the mat. What they call it? The old man. They called yeah, it they, older. They called it something. I forget yeah. the nineteen and over. The Masters. It wasn't something like that. The yeah, old guys. I, I think it was because if we get down to it, I think it was like 18 or 19. And okay. Yeah. So my question, and I'm going to bring up, this is my first point here. Several times during this podcast of the different episodes, I keep bringing up these theories about Texas. And this leads me to one that I think is interesting and I want to kind of dig into. And I think it fits right in with what we're talking about. This contest in San Antonio, all the pros come out from California to judge and the raucous of the dudes throwing the chairs out the the, the right. hotel window and Stacey Peralta and all them being dreamy pros that are helping out and all gentlemen and all that stuff. That whole story that we talked about and all that detail. Right. And in that story, they talk about the team points and they add up points based on the teams and then they also have team awards, etc. Okay. Now, you got the 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 Wolfpack and okay. the other crew and that sort of thing and you're in Galveston, you guys are doing it but nobody's doing the team thing. No. Nobody's a team thing. So, here's my question or here is my theory. I believe that Texas debunked isn't the right word. I believe Texas ended the skateboard team scenario. And here's why I think that in Texas, when you go to that San Antonio contest and the different teams placed, and we talked about the Texas skaters that won Donnell, I think Donnell distribution got third or something like that. If I remember correctly, and all the team rankings, 
We've got and, the magazine and, over there. So yeah, we can, and, yeah. and, and California guys are coming in and you run it like this and you run it like California and you run this. And then in between, they were doing trick tips and helping people with that. And they were also going, holy fuck, there are some dudes that rip right. here in Texas. They don't really talk about it that way in the way they rip, but they were definitely ripping and opening eyes. This is going to come up to the story yeah. a little bit later about Al Gelfin that, that leads into that a little bit in a minute. But my point being is I believe that after the San Antonio Skate Slopes Contest in 1978, what they called the Texas Champs, I believe that the team and the team points and the team scenario of being on a skate Hobie team or whatever ended. Now, I don't know if it ended in California that quick, but in Texas, I think we were saying, fuck you. We don't want part of that. We don't care about your teams and that and... It's more individual, and it keeps that core of skateboarding is an individual thing. It's not a team sport. And I believe that Texas basically said F you on that format because I don't recall really seeing that format after that as far as Texas is concerned. So I believe that that was the beginning of the death of skate teams. Thoughts? It's also the beginning of when the skate parks started kind of going down too, just this uh, thereafter. Right, but Texas know? had no part of skate teams like that. All dress in uniforms, all yeah. dressed, you know, right. I so, don't think if you looked at all the, there was, there was no team uniform for all the Galveston guys. No. I mean, you basically showed up and it was about as... Donnell would have had that uh, yeah, distribution. Stewart, Stewart was kind of in that context. Right, but that's what I'm saying is that when they got to Texas and the people saw what Texas... I think that's part of where Texas... And we didn't know and, it, and but Brian that's... And Brian Abel, because I remember he was wearing Hobie colors. Okay. You know, so from that sort of standpoint, maybe that was at the very end. It, it's a good... It's thought-provoking. I, I, I don't think that... Texas, anybody in Texas meant to take it, but I think that that's a critical point where at that point, California came in and this is how it's done in the skate teams and oh God, there's all these rad people and all that and Texas was like, fuck you, we don't need the teams. They just, it never became a thing and it all became about this is how we do it in Texas. That's a little it. ironic if See? that is the case because uh, GNS was pretty well known as one of the more- Big teams, sure, yeah, yeah, big, yeah. They all wore the long sleeve yellow shirts, they all matched. Red gold. And then you go fast forward into the mid to late 80s and GNS was sponsoring a ton of skaters in Texas. That was, you know, so many guys. It was Ken Fillion, Danny Webster, Dave Nielsen, uh, Brian Pennington. Ro Brett Roper was on GNS for a while. There's a lot of guys that got sponsored by GNS as Thank you, their Neil first Blender, real we sponsor. Think. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah, so. Probably Neil Blender. But it was never the GNS skate team. They didn't look, nobody looked anything right. like on those it was the crew well and that's you know, I, crew as opposed to team yeah and i think that's what makes this discussion in this point fun is that i just i the way i started thinking about it i'm like there's no mention after that there's no texas teams texas didn't take on that california thing and keep going with it even when nsa and then we did hassle texas amateur skateboarding it was different from what california was doing and it was a different stop because we want to do it our own so anyway to be honest, i just think I'm, that's a crime i'm kind of digging point. the idea of like those gns long sleeve yellow shirts but like with pearl snaps on them for the texas <laughs> <laughs> for our future apparel maker and apparel's cut and sew sponsor we need pearl snap cowboy style 
skate team. That's kind of like uh, Del Mar Skate Ranch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny had a T-shirt or yeah. not a shirt, but a shirt like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right, you right. Know? And I mean, I guess Johnny. Well, we'll ask him. Got involved in that team sports, but again, my point being is that that I don't think it happened afterwards, and I think that's a critical Texas point. I just no, think no. it is. I think it's cool. I think it's something to, uh, that we can is. hang our hat on and say Texas said fuck you without everybody saying that and just said we're not going to adopt it. Yeah, no, I I never really thought of it in that sort of sense. And and yeah, why did all the team shirts all kind of disappear? Maybe it's just part of the fad at that point. I don't but, think they disappeared in California as part of what I think of. Not quite yet. I think they were still doing do the team stuff. Do you think it might have had anything to do with the idea that um, in Texas, certainly in the late 70s, early 80s, ah. team sports was basically football. Right. And, yeah. and back if you were to what a skateboarder, talk- yeah, yeah. you were... Fuck you. We the don't, polar yeah, opposite. Yeah. Right. Like, no, no, no. I started skateboarding because I don't yeah. like team sports. Think of it also, too. A lot of those were like nylon mesh shirts and stuff like that, and they're hotter than hell yeah. in our climate. Well, polyester was horrible yeah, back so then, you but you wear, know. Yeah, you had to wear okay. like cotton. Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw in a couple of uh, uh, and things. And rip the sleeves off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw in some pop culture a things. Yeah, a shimmel. A shimmel. I'm going to throw in some pop culture references that are in this time frame and just get your opinion if you remember or think about it or whatever. But um, as I continue to find these fun little things that are going on in our uh, pop culture at the time, not necessarily in Texas, um, just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, 1978, the skateboard movie. Tony Alva, Leaf Garrett. Do you remember? Went there. Went to Went a drive-in there. theater and we snuck in. Uh, I think it was Tim Lintzman and or Cooper in the trunk of my car. <laughs> we saw trunk. it in a movie theater. <laughs> it was uh, a drive-in in Galveston? It was a drive-in, no, in Texas City. It was across the bridge. Which is yeah. right across the bridge yeah, in yeah, the Texas. Yeah, yeah, so. We went and saw it at a drive-in. And that, that was, was right awesome. around that time frame, so that would have been an influential oh, yeah. thing. Because we on. talked about... Oh, we the, waited for that thing yeah. to come out. Because yeah. our one of our episodes, we talked about the Wonder Woman episode, the Chips episode, the Farrah Fawcett episode, and then the ABC Worldwide Wide World of Sports and the Alva Hester Solemn yeah. thing. Yeah. Solemn. And my other... My other Texas um, thing that I believe that's where the fight between Mongo and regular push start happened because Alva pushed regular and, and Hester pushed Mongo, Mongo. And, and then he fell on his face. Yeah. So I don't know, whatever. I still eh, push Mongo. It, so it was fuck the changing y'all. of the guard too. Gotcha. So that was cool. So, okay. Also in 1978, and this was over in California, I guess what happened is that some of the skaters were going to keep doing these team sports and these series between the parks and the different crews and other ones wanted to get paid and started skateboard mania skateboard mania okay which was futuristics and lights and choreography and i think it was i don't know it was a bunch it was a few of the pro writers a few of the pros including a texas pro (gasps) oh my god i did not know that who vicky vickers oh remind us of vicky vickers because i know that name Uh, but i don't can't tell you the story so remind us of vicky vickers real quick well vicky was from houston Right. And okay, I knew that. I remember she skated with one of the Galveston girls, Sally Stout. And Sally Vicky was, Vickers and Vi- Sally Stout. Man, they were really <laughs> sound like Marvel <laughs> comic yeah. characters. And, could be. and they were That's cute. So re- you know, oh, of they course were they were. Cute. Dude, uh, Vicky, Any woman on a skateboard back in the 70s or 80s was cute because we didn't have that. Did you guys? <laughs> I maintain any woman on a skateboard at this any point true. in time. Every cute. minute of time. Yeah, so I, she was in uh, Skateboard Mania. Okay, right. Okay. So, uh, which again know. was choreographed, yeah. futuristic. It was weird, flashy, David Bowie esque type uniforms. And stuff. It was like a traveling show. It was a traveling yeah. show, ice capades kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. But it was a it was a futuristic. Like there was a theme. Like they they went through things and probably a little explosions. But it wasn't skateboard a skate stuff. contest. It was a choreographed choreographed act. Yeah. act. And the I guess 
the writers could get paid. There was a couple of big name pros. Was this anything like Dwayne, the, uh, Dwayne Peters yeah. was one of them yeah, for yeah. sure. Dwayne was in there. Alva said no. Was any of stuff correctly. with the light up ramps, like the yes. clown yes. ramps? Yes. No, no, they were plexiglass or Lexan. Okay, clear. so it was clear. It was right. clear with lights underneath. They were lit, no, lit yeah. up, yeah. Right, Because, right. you know, the clown ramp originally was supposed to be a course that was like playing pinball on a skateboard right. and right. go and, over the little holes with the lights. And we got to talk about that. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, and we talked about wide okay. world of sports. Stop. Oh, let's stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. So those ramps ended up at Marina del Rey Skate Park. You're talking about the, the turning point. The turning point. Yeah. The, the turning point. Skateboard mania ramps. Yeah. Okay. I rode it. <gasps> okay. It, when it was. You got the red turning point? Yep. Oh, so that was the, now turning point was it was the full pipe with the capsule end and it was on a giant <gasps> that uh, it was thing? all clear plexi oh, it was on a giant go. armature so that they could turn it Excuse so me? it went from Holy being cow. a sideways full pipe to a tilted ramp it's, right. it's basically the, the early version of the motorcycles that yes, do the, the, the death, of death the yeah. death thing it was on a pitch yeah so you had to climb up a ladder to get inside of it I, I'm, I'm Oh that is so badass. It looks like a freaking futuristic ride from Astroworld. Who's this doing a backside air? Uh, I don't remember the guy, but he rode for Madrid. But yeah, basically that was where Dwayne did the first the, loop. These are the brown bowls. Okay, yeah, but that's where, but on one of those ramps. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Marina Del Rey? Marina, that's Marina Del, Del Rey. Now the brown bowls, you, okay, we're going to have to get a picture of this. You guys should see this. I don't know if you call it coping, but it looks like it's been destroyed by trucks, but he's wearing copers. But yeah. it's just some crazy bowl with no lip, but it looks that's like crusty. brown bowls. You ever see that first photo of Krishna Soy mm -hmm. doing like some type of ollie or so? Yeah, that was his home park. That was his home park. Uh, as a matter of Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm kind of veering off course. That's fine. So um, tangent with booger. So we were Cooper, Tim, all of us were supposed to go to Southern California together for graduation, and everybody bailed out except for me. Uh, <laughs> so so I, I said, I got my ticket. I got my hotel. Piss off. I'm going. And you were how old? Eighteen. Eighteen. Nineteen. When? 80. 80. So just before, after yeah. what we're talking yeah. about time frame. So uh, I get myself from Venice Beach to Marina del Rey in a hotel. And I'm like, I'm skating there. And I had to kind of go through like a little bit of a Vato neighborhood, you know? Yeah, they're only like a mile and a half, two miles apart. But yeah. you go through a little bit of a hood. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like going, see this car coming toward me. And I see this navy blue Volvo. And I go... That was Daisy Peralta. <laughs> you knew his car. I knew his car. You were stalking. And then I'm going, I'm close. Yeah. So I walked in, walked in the stairs. First person behind the counter pops a soy. Yep. He was working the yeah, counter. Yeah, he worked Pops there. a soy. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, there, uh, Jerry Valdez, uh, Lance Mountain, Christian, Chris Miller killed, killed. it. Is, yeah. Killed it, killed it, killed it. And he would and, have been like 15 at that point yeah, or something. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I'd said... I'm walking in, I'm going straight to the upper keyhole. So I want to go ride the upper keyhole, which is in the back of the property. And so I skated with this whole group of guys. Uh, Pat Clark was actually there. Shit, yeah. So I rode with Pat Embassy. Clark and another cat. And um, then this little skinny kid comes in, you know, and I'm like going, he's riding a janky board. He's riding a Dogtown triplane with some trackers, copers, and roller skate wheels. Yeah, and little it was wheels. loose, yep. loose, loose. And I'm like, who's that kid? And oh, he's from San Diego. That's Tony Hawk, 10 years old. Yeah. Wow. 10 years old. I got a Tony picture Hawk in my box you. at home somewhere. So, but yeah, that's my marina. 
story. That's, yeah, that would have been yeah, that would have been out of his hood for him. That would have been like a weekend trip. Well, I, up I, to, I think it may have been just after. Well, Circle Jerks played in the Dog Bowl. Yes, oh, yes, oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. that's so rad. They they had played that weekend, and then I arrived. Yeah, this is like eighty. This is eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is eighty. June gloom. It was it like was that same year was when Devo shot their Freedom, yes, of, Choice Freedom of Choice video, video, and that was there. That's it. Yeah. So, so curious. Yeah. You mentioned Stacy Paul. Just oh. an off tangent here. Would you happen to know what Stacy's role was in the Farrah Fawcett show? Because he, he like was a- involved in that, and we were thinking there was another woman who was named that we think was the stunt double for Farrah, but then there's a shot of somebody with long hair skating pretty fast. And I, it's got to be Stacy, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Wasn't there you don't one know where you don't Stacey know. Dry, wa- uh, skates down the sidewalk and does a quick little 360 or something like that? Yeah, I don't know which As show that Farrah was. As Farrah Fawcett, you mean? I don't know. No, not as Farrah Fawcett. He was on the crew when that happened. Anyway, I was just if you knew well, that. Well, he was you also know, in the Chips episode. It, it could have been a different show. Yeah, could have been Chips episode was Reseda. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a different spot. So my last pop culture that you may or may not have been seeing there in Galveston, were you checking out uh, Mellow Cat at that point? I saw it and I thought it was stupid. Mellow Cat, which was a comic skateboard yeah. comic yeah. back in the day so I, I wasn't too much into comics yeah i just didn't know i was just trying to point out things that might have been influencing from things that we were seeing in pop culture and if that was something that well, came uh, up etc but that you know it's a waste of paper it's like put some more images in and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah you I want to see skating that. at that well, yeah, yeah. speaking of pop culture late 70s galveston did you ever frequent the balinese room oh uh, no but i had a girlfriend that worked there as a cigarette girl oh my god that's the girl that, so that, that ever, wears the the yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the strap around her neck and yeah. goes around and sells the, yeah. the cigarettes and, and her, mouthwash. Do you have stories about uh, Billy Gibbons coming in there on the regs? No, but Billy Gibbons in uh, 13th floor, uh, what, hold on, Rocky, moving sidewalks. Moving sidewalks, moving yeah. 13th that, that was Robbie, uh, Eric. Rocky Erickson. Rocky Erickson. Yeah. Billy Gibbons which I had to from give up the ZZ Top, a, uh, by Which I the way. had to give up yeah. my dressing room for. Oh, really? For Rocky, oh. Giving enough for Rocky Erickson? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, it. yeah, sure. yeah. But um, uh, ZZ Top Moving Sidewalks played for our uh, high school prom. What? <gasps> you got- fucking no So way. Moving Sidewalks was Billy Gibbons' band before ZZ Top. Yes. No shit. Yeah. That's and, and probably which, right around that same time frame that they had played at the Balinese. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah that was the band that... Early, um, early 70s. Yeah, that was the band... That the last year that he was alive and like early, late 70, early 71, Jimi Hendrix was being interviewed by some, you know, Rolling Stone or somebody. And the guy opened the interview was saying, well, how does it feel to be the greatest guitar player alive? And he said, I don't know. You should ask this cat from Houston named Billy Gibbons. He's the best guitar player on earth. Yeah, wow. they, they were touring together. Yeah, That's cool, cool story. All right, let's move on a little bit here. Keep this rolling. Galveston Skateboard Park, 1978 till yeah. 72. Is 82. this 82? Excuse 82. me. Is this the Stewart Beach Keyhole Bowl Park? No. no. Oh God, no. darn it. Okay. So what park is this? Explain. Where was it? What did it look okay. like? Okay, so refer to the book. So this is pre-Stuart Beach Park. Yeah, Stuart Beach Park uh, didn't happen until 86. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that in a minute then. Okay, so what was this? You got the patch here. Oh, that's rad. So this patch was on uh, the cap. And it was old school because it was like a green and white pinstriped cap. Nice. Trucker cap. Yeah. Yeah. Right? GSP, Galveston Skate Park. Galveston Skate Park. And that almost looks like a Hobie kind of like... Uh, Jacob skate Jacob surfboards. Surfboard. Okay, it was okay. The diamond. 
Yeah, oh, okay. and it's kind of funny because my Ohana logo has that same diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right oh, all right, all right. I, didn't, it back. I didn't think about that, but you just made me kind of realize. Okay, that's what we're here for. Okay, so here, when I was in, uh, so what was that, Those ninth grade? I remember taking an article to school. Is that a picture? Is that a drawing of sperms? <laughs> Pretty much. Those are just snake runs skate, into bowls. Snake, it's a, it's an yeah. outline drawing oh of a God, skate that park that looks like a bunch of sperms. Looking. It looks so, rad, though. So this was the article, uh, April of 77, that they were going to break ground on the skate park. 85th and Seawall. 85th? 85th. That's almost down. out of Pirates so Beach. That's six, way No, up. no, not that far. Halfway. Yeah, halfway. But it's uh, five blocks away from the 91st Street Fishing Pier. Okay? Yes. So... Uh, which was another iconic like, spot. Is that kind of where the tea kettle house was? Wrong. Uh, no, that's kettle, further. The, the kettle was on 37th and Seawall. Is that Seawall. before Jamaica Beach? This is way before Jamaica Beach. Is yeah. that in that area where the Galveston Park and they have those weird cement structures that you could camp at? Concrete structures. Concrete. God damn it. Uh, way before that, too. It would have okay. been, been uh, in concrete. <laughs> damn it. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Right, before yeah, yeah. the end of the seawall. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Before, as it tapers off almost. Yeah, end of the okay. seawall is 103rd. Okay. Okay. So this was the 85th. Okay. okay. So this came out on the paper. And was I was there a water park right next to that and like an artificial hill? Yes. Built? Yes. It, I know exactly where it that was. It was right by Ciarama. I grew up going to that water park. Okay. Uh, this is a photo of the, the dirt work. So this is the dirt work right here. That is oh. awesome. So yeah. Look but, at that. Oh, we have to do a picture so of that. I wanted this place built so badly. I went ahead and put in, hey, I need an application. I want to come and work. Mm -hmm. You know, I whatever. Oh, to be a to build get crew. Done. And I'm wheeling wheelbarrows of dirt. Wait a minute. Were you one of the first so you skateboarders that helped build the skate park? Because we don't hear stories about that this early. Uh, Galveston Park, yes. That's awesome. none of Jimmy and those guys. You, you worked on the construction crew. I worked the wheelbarrow. Yeah. That's working uh, on the construction yeah, crew. They needed like chunks of this, that, or whatever. It's like. So let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question, Bug. <laughs> right, right, right. So. In the in a previous episode, I talked to to Carjack about his concrete yes. experience and the huge amount of concrete they used for these structures and how they were built, etc. Now there's all kinds of rebar and tied out and, and yeah. etc. When I look at this photo and you've got these carved out mountain or hills and all that, tell us what were they doing to pre? Were they doing any kind of grid of metal or yeah. were they just floating concrete everywhere? No, no, no. This is like pre rebar and any type of wire mesh that went down. Okay. But you know, I mean, this is pretty rudimentary. This is the, but beginning how are they pouring? So they build these, they night. dug out they these, shot it. Yeah. Uh, so they dig out these transition, these yeah. runs. That doesn't look dug out. That looks built up. Built up. It is built up. Yeah. And then they that was like it, a flat and they, plane and they, they built up the burn. But they okay. still had crews smoothing it out and doing that yeah. whole thing. Remember but. remember the seawall. Let's look at it this way. Here's your water. Mm -hmm. There's the seawall. Which is eight, uh, 12 feet? 17 feet. 17 feet. 17 okay, feet. from beach to seawall top. Seawall. Then you have Seawall Boulevard. Mm -hmm. And then you have properties that begin. Yep. So this began at the very top where the pro shop is mm -hmm. at 17 feet. And then everything goes downhill. And then everything slopes downhill. Yeah. Towards so they the had to truck in boatloads of dirt. Holy shit. So anything that was in fill all the way to the back of the property, you 
probably was all closed about 12, 12 feet. Because I remember there was a big brick cinder block wall behind like it. Like a retaining wall? And you couldn't climb it from the back. Right. You couldn't because if you, when it was closed, we had to go in from the sides. Right. Wow. So there's no way you can get in from the back. Man, that is a great shot and gives you such a crazy perspective of what was going. And the oh, thing yeah. is, is that even though, like Carjack mentions, you know, the skate parks now are built way better. I'd give, I wouldn't give my left foot, but probably to skate these things, to go back and ride these parks that we see photos of and the surf ability, just the things that we could do. Now, everything the, was super surfy, super carvy, but everything. Rollovers. You're and, going downhill. Yeah. And everything is at speed. Yep. Everything is <laughs> it at taught speed. you to have balls. Yeah. What's I mean, really did. What's the challenge to be able to pump your way back to the top? And we could do that. Yeah. And we can do that. Yeah. You'd get Perfect a workout. Your tic tacking and your pumping and all your that. Your yeah, yeah. back up. You can get right back to where you started out. It, it was just that enough of slope where you had to really. So that was seventy eight, which is when we had the flood of the parks after the seventy six, seventy seven, and then the flood of parks all over the place. Right. And then it lasted till eighty two. So which it actually lasted longer I don't than know, most. Longer than most as but far it was, as the, it was closed for a good two, two and a half years. Did you guys so still basically skate it? it was oh, seventy eight to eighty yeah. <laughs> it closed. You yeah. rode it for free for two years and then it got bulldozed that's it was it a was it a bust or was it just they didn't care at that point because you're uh, waiting at the end a, of the sea it wall. was a bust but if you knew how to like work the system mm -hmm. and you you weren't a jerk then the cops wouldn't play with you or anything like that does it jump the fence thing? they just tell you, you to leave yeah they that you'd go in through an open cut in the in the fence and then cops you go slide down into the bowl and you just lay there yeah that's it, done. Hide yeah. out. But but if you're smoking weed and you're doing this and you're then drinking you're in trouble. all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you've got some issues. Yeah. So we knew not to take anything in there. Yeah. Right. You know? Save That's, that for later. Save it for later. Okay, so you- <laughs> That's you, for the backyard ring. <laughs> you wheelbarrowed and worked at the park. So yeah. this is the first time we're, t we're talking to somebody that actually was a skater that got on the job site and helped build the park. And True. that's- Freaking rad. Yeah. Um, and then you skated the park, and then you skated the park after it ended. Yeah. Do you remember any, in that time frame, do you remember what the skills, what developed? Fully. Fully. Okay, so give us just a quick snap of what kind of, where you were at the start and what you developed. To well, get, I, I, you know, obviously. Or I say you, your crew. On my ramp, I mean, when I'm riding a GNS Team Rider Fiberflex, you know, learning how to frontside grind and frontside air was really big deal. Rock walls, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So, but as it progressed, and obviously this is right before we went to the park. So we were riding banks, mm -hmm. right? Bank mm -hmm. ramps. And then... It's like a bank quarter pipe. Again, on a GNS Fiberflex. So that was 77. I like how the top of the bowl just has a fence coming right out of the... Yeah, I mean, you couldn't rock fun. and roll well, at that not point even because no. it's not that far. Rock yeah. and rolls weren't You in couldn't yet. really stand yeah. on it or roll in. No. Rock and rolls were probably just two years starting away from. to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They two weren't years. even invented yet. Yeah. There was no... Wow. But we were doing lip slides. Yes. So everything was like frontside lip slide, backside... Backside lip slide, like Burt, back Burt. I was going to say, doing a lip slide would be more like the way you would do it on a on a wave surfing. Fully. It it's, wasn't, a, it's a push to when your wheels go and then they slide over right. onto. Yeah, it's more right. of a slide as opposed right. to a, right. like a lip slide technically is an ollie to it, I guess. A but, front disaster without having like Burt to do it yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Man, these pictures are rad. So, so rad. You know, obviously they're still riding oak boards, some of the older guys and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, still like seven, six, seven inch boards. Oh, wide, easily. something like that. Yeah. Easily. 
Then eventually we get a little bit bigger in the boards, some pigs. Mm, yep. Pigs, and that's a front side that's air. That's when we start getting air. Yeah. We're and okay with Steve Bud. It doesn't like, matter. Yeah. Uh, Who is oh, that? Me. That's you? Yeah. I didn't do very nice front side airs. That's okay. I stink. I push Mongo when I do stink bug airs. I love layback airs. Fuck y'all. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know when it, it, it was through the, through legs and eventually I can kind of go over the top of my rear knee, yeah. but I couldn't go around. It's, I had the hardest time tucking my very, knee too. I don't have very good flexibility then, but uh, this was, uh, we, it was like a double hip. Mm -hmm. So this was the vert bowl. So first hip. And it ended up on that second hip and then into a vert section back here. Oh, that looks, and that's, again, the, the it's like the sperm, meaning that there's these long trails and they had kind of little yeah. bold, kind of bold ends. It kind looked of. like a uh, toilet bowl, like toilet a bowl. pea truck. Right, 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 right. It kind of looked like that. Uh, this was what we called the coping bowl. And it was it was supposed to be a half pipe, but, man, it just didn't have, like, continuous flow. It was just like... Okay, let's just blow it. Again, mm -hmm. construction was shoddy. They didn't realize that they're like, oh, they're roller boards. They can get over everything, not realizing they that it would make you. They probably didn't use forms. They probably cut the whole thing with it's a free, freehand. Freehand. Yeah, um, yeah, with Fresno trials. Okay, or this next page, just leave that right there. This next page leads to the next thing, and it's a photo of a big shape of Texas with a guitar player, and it says Texas with two X's. Texas World Music Festival 1978 at the Texas State Fairgrounds, which is the Cotton Bowl. Right. Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, Hart, Eddie Murray. Money. Money. Journey, Van Halen, and it goes on and on. Rush. Oh, my gosh. Right. What? Okay, so... Texas Jam, that's your next point yeah. on this before we get out of the 70s here. What was the Texas Jam? Well, my friend, Greg Ruiz, I love that guy to pieces because he was another one of the guys that was kind of like the neighborhood kids, but he was in the rich neighborhood, right? And then uh, Paul Ware, another high school friend, we caught wind of this Texas Jam happening and then I saw a skateboard demo. You know, and, and of course we're talking Dallas, which is five hours, Dallas. five hours at least. Five yeah, hours, five hours away. And so Paul's dad drove us from Galveston. We got tickets, drove us from Galveston. There were probably four bucks. I was going to say, how did you get tickets? Is this all mail order? <laughs> no, Ticketmaster, you go wait in line you, at the grocery store, dude. Him, yeah, grocery store. Okay, okay, okay. You went Oh, to like, like getting tickets to Astroworld and yeah, stuff like totally, that. Okay, okay. Totally. Yeah. So we got our tickets and <laughs> I'll never forget this. And when we were in their suburban, right? Uh, Paul's dad's suburban. And there wasn't a lot of space. For some reason or another, I was on the floor above the transition and I sweat my freaking balls Transmission. Off. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. said transition, but you meant transmission. Transmission. <laughs> Which yes. is warm as hell. Oh, yeah. It was hot. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. And if you go back and you start looking at what, what was happening this particular summer? Seventy-eight. This is when the heat wave was hitting Dallas. Oh, so that was a brutal day. It was brutal. Yep. So okay. the ride up was brutal, and, uh, and but they had I, a skateboard demo at this concert. They did. Okay, now what so, was? Go ahead. So game on. We see the first uh, band or two, and Van Halen. Shook. Yeah. Completely blew everybody's mind. Was everybody that only one away. album at that point? Yeah, that was the first album. Just found that album. Okay. Just come out and it just like you really got me an eruption, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't know who these guys were. They were on rented equipment. They had just flown in from like Japan. They lost their equipment. And so they just show up and, you know, Diamond Dave and all of his glitter, oh. I'll never forget, teal sequined jacket. And he was just so. He was rock star. He yeah. was rock star. And it's not like any of the other guys, oh, yes. you know? 
And I said, well, I'm staying for these guys. But then as soon as the Atlanta rhythm section came on. Let's go look at the skateboard. Let's go look for the skate demo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, le we left the bowl, which was, uh, I think they said it was like 110 on the floor. Yeah, I can And they see were it. hosing people, you know, that and I was like, man, I can't do this yep. too much longer. Yep. And that was only 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh so then we walked Wait, around the corner. Are you saying Van Halen played at like 11 a.m.? Yes. <laughs> that's not very rock star yeah. of them. Yeah. No, no, no. But that's how the that, big concerts yeah, yeah. like that in the 70s, they'd go all damn day. And yeah. so the unknown band plays first. Yeah. And all the stories of Van Halen when they first came out in 78, nobody saw them coming. I, I heard this story that Henry Rollins told about he and Ian Mackay bought tickets to go see Ted Nugent, who was like the big dude at the, the time. The headliner, yeah. And the opening band was this thing they'd never heard of called Van Halen. And he said they completely blew everybody away to where when Ted Nugent came out, people were still chanting Van, Van Halen, Van Halen. And Ted was like, shut the hell up. Same thing happened with Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. So you were walking through so, and then yeah. you found this. So we outside. Oh my God. So there is, is that the, the Pepsi ramp. ramp? We, I, it said USA Parks on it. But it's the plexiglass, it's the plexiglass no Pexi. flat. Yep, no flat. Now, that's not the one that became Doug. No, there were several There's of those around. There's a few of those. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I think these kind of toured around a little bit. It yeah. could be in the Pepsi guys. Yeah, and then it folds up into a trailer. It's a, and right. like it looks like yeah. a big butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And drives on to the next so one. So we went and around the no corner. Deck. No flat bottom. No flat. Yeah. No deck. Metal Eight base. foot tranny right to vert. Right. Yep. And then I... Uh, Again, I'm like going, man, crap. Yeah, these guys are pretty cool. I eventually figured out that is uh, Barry McDaniels from uh, Dallas. Okay. If, if anybody knew who Barry McDaniels Not sure is. I know that name, but okay, I that's cool. I skated against him many times. Okay. So I been, eventually found out who he was. And in this bottom picture, he's doing a back air, backside air, but it looks like he's pulling out a foot or two from the yep. ramp. Chris Stropel. That's, That's Stropel. Nice. Look how many people are up on the balconies. Yeah, yeah there's a parking. So this ramp is at the back. I'm that's, guessing no, a complex, the, and there's a parking. That's the Cotton Bowl. Oh, the When you walk up the ramps into the Cotton Bowl, people are all along the edges looking over right. a ramp. That's a that's a fantastic photo. Yep. So that really is that's Stropel. And I'm assuming this is just after Oklahoma Championships where Johnny got discovered. Okay. Because they would have been in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, time yeah, frame wise. Yeah. Right. 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 And so, who's that cat right there? I can't even tell from the photo, but Shogo. That's Shogo. Oh, I see, I see the hair and the Man. hairband. And I got the wrong picture, so this is going away. I got the I got the good one. At oh, home. yep. So that's Shogo, Shogo, doing, Shogo doing a frontside air. His hair is flailing. He's over the top of the ramp. Right. That is rad. So these demo was obviously California pros that came in. Well, I mean, you mentioned. Yeah. You, uh, I think you mentioned Stuart. I'm, I'm near positive. I think Stuart was there or Brian Abel. Okay. And it, you may want to double check with those guys, but that's Dennis Martinez right there. And Dennis Martinez. Oh, wow. nice. Okay. So, you know, that's that was the Texas GM. Man, that is crazy. So to tie the 70s into a knot, because we are going long, and that's okay. We knew this was going to be the case. Um, 70s crew, Bobby Morrow, Ben Baxter, Alvin Coop Cooper, Tim Litzman, Robert Salinas, Martin Meline, Quintanilla, Danny and Richard Rodriguez, J.B. Holmes, Mr. Ken Tyson, who we need to talk to at some point, Ricky Marquette, and Kenny Car Carmona. Carmona are all dudes that were shout-outs care of Booger in that time frame that were matching up with these photos. 
I have a question on time frame because there is this Alan Gelfin thing that we're yeah. going to mention. What year would that have been? Uh, of which? When it would have been you and Phillips, Dan, and all those people together where Alan was at. Ah, uh, um, April of 81. 81. So we're not quite there yet. Okay, so 80s crew did want to bring up some people in Galveston. Um, Bobby... Kiroga, Jay Fabian, Marco Franco. I don't know these guys. Bobby Morrow, obviously, we know is somebody we need to figure out about. Danny Rodriguez and our very good friend, Bino. Bino Garcia, one of the legendary old school. Our, our Cavalero. Our, our, oh, yeah, our there's Cavalero. a way to put it. So, I mean, not necessarily because he's Hispanic. Hispanic, Hispanic it's just because he was boosty. He was boosty. Um, he and his brother, I think, also. Big Al. Big Al skated. Yeah. And Bino has been around. He's been a Houston legend for a long time. And now he is doing such a cool job of taking old skateboards and turning them into Galveston sea shapes, like, you know, crabs and fishes, crabs, turtles. Yeah. And he's doing art shows and it's all out of skateboard products. It's It's so rad. So big shout out and love to, to Bino and some other people. Eighties crew. You can't necessarily mention, you don't mention Bob Fox, but he was in Galveston at that point. Almost. Bob actually kind of came to the table uh, when he started going to school on the Island. So that would have been early. A little bit later. It would, no, it would have been earlier because he was supposed to go to Southwest Texas with me in 85, 86, 87. So he would have moved, he moved to Galveston instead. So it would have been 86, 87, something like that. And then just a couple more quick shout outs. We have uh, Kim Cherry Holmes. Oh yeah, Kim. Kim. And then her son, Heath Heath. Cherry Holmes, Ripper. So big shout out and love to him. He's still in the Galveston area. He's still in Galveston. And then so holding down the Galveston scene and that sort of thing. Um, Okay. So well then that's your 80s crew and you've got some, there's some rabbit hole stuff you've mentioned and we've mentioned, we'll go back over a little bit this in a minute, but I want to try to dig in to this 80, 81, and when you started, do you remember when you started entering contests? It, it had to been through the Galveston skate park era. Okay. You know? So, yeah, I was entering, entering contests on the local level. Okay, and you weren't doing the team thing like we talked about. No. If at all anything, we were, we were kind of underneath the Santa, uh, the uh, Sunrise moniker. Okay. Because I worked at Sunrise. So, at the tail end, you still had a park in Galveston at 82, but you were seeing ramps built. Was there some, past the ramps you just showed us photos of, was there another ramp in between that that was more of a vert ramp that was really no, getting that was no. it we, we had into the, the spring ramp. series time frame is what i'm talking yeah, about yeah pre-spring series th- my ramp was it uh okay the 14th street had kind of pretty much gone by the wayside and then there was little to no scene at that point bino's came in later okay bino's ramp came in later okay so um you there's a couple of contests and things where you're placing and i'm seeing your name and some stuff and i don't know if i don't have a list of them here um exactly but um you were starting to place in contests or you're starting to compete and um these contests were starting this was pre-shut up and skate getting to almost the spring series and the the ramp backyard ramp series and all that and then this is the point the second point that i mentioned quite earlier that i wanted to bring up and it has to do with alan gelfand and our friend al coker sent this information from you mentioning that Al Coker knew a story about you being mentioned in Alan Gelfin's book. I guess it's somebody else's book authorized by Alan Gelfin called Ollie. Right? Secret history of Secret history of Ollie. So this reference that I'm about to explain refers to something I think in Dallas and it was a competition you went to that Alan Gelfin was there. Before I read this whole thing, can you remember or explain what that was or what was happening? Sure. So Texas... 
um, Spring Series of skateboarding, you know, obviously was incepted by by Jeff Newton. And uh, Jeff and I spoke over the telephone and I was selling Zorlac products at Sunrise. And hey, what do you think about this contest down in Galveston? And I'm like going, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this contest. And it was supposed to be a one-off, I think, at that point. So I, I, it was called like Easter Jam or something like that. And then it, it kind of progressed to where, hey, I think we can get a couple more cities that are involved in this. And uh, second site would have been Austin. And then the third site would have been Dallas. Is this the Austin where they have the in front of Palmer Auditorium That's and it. all that? Okay, That's all it. right. We're yeah. going to get to this in much more detail, but yeah. certainly, okay. Yeah, so there were the three contests, two, two of which were dated in March, beginning of the month, latter half of the month. And then eventually Dallas, which was called Zoo World. Okay, and I remember was, hearing about that. It was in a convention center. I, which convention center, I'm not really sure, but um, somehow or another we got, or Jeff got it put in as like a sideshow. And it was kind of to complement basically what was going on and what all the other activities and bands and things of that nature. So the ramp was basically put in and that's where I met Alan. And that was a contest. It was a contest. A contest event. Was, and Alan, do you remember other California pros that were out there or other no, pros? No, no, no. It was a Florida. Um, um, oh, was, that's right. He's from Florida. Sorry. But, yeah, I mean, from Florida. Yeah. I, Dan, uh, uh, forget last name. Okay. But like, did the Walker crew come out or any no, of those dudes? That was no. It. no. It was okay. Texas. It was all Texas driven. Okay. And maybe maybe someone from Oklahoma, but right. Okay. But. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pull this expert. So this is from the book Ollie that Al um, sent over to me. Again, Al Coker up in Dallas. And Thank I you. had no idea about this. Had no idea that he was. And I still he was have mentioned. no idea. And I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a little bit of this, and then I'm gonna. You're probably gonna get pretty quickly what my thought is on it. Stop looking at okay. my notes. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I can't. But and I only got a shot. I'll shot. A screenshot part of this page, and I'll read it real quick. It says the longest, uh, long-time accomplice Dan Murray and that's who Jackson it was. Stewart Singer performed demos and served as judges for the skating contest. By the time the series reached Dallas, which was the series they're talking about, yes. reached Dallas, it had grown significantly, significantly. And there were noteworthy Texas competitors. And I think when they say noteworthy, they were really toning down that there was fucking ripping there going on in Texas. There was yeah. talent, including Dan Wilkes, Craig Johnson, William Booger Cram, Jeff Phillips, and Andrew Lopez. Booger is listed between Craig Johnson and Jeff Phillips. Holy shit. Holy fucking that's, shit. That's pretty darn cool. That is, if you had a Mount Rushmore, that'd be some names on that route, Mount Rushmore. I think I had my peak at that point. Okay. So, <laughs> so my point being is that, um, uh, included Dan Wilkes, Craig Johnson, uh, Booger, Jeff Phillips, and Andrew Lopez. Phillips and Johnson, um, uh, hoisted, oh shit, sorry, hoisted, uh, Phillips and Johnson hoisted an impress impressive array of airs, inverted maneuvers on the top of the ramp, but the 12-year-old Lopez captured the crowd's hearts by blasting fakey ollies that were simply astounding, um, particularly to those spectators who didn't know what was going on. And this is another time, just real quick, that we hear about Andrew Lopez yeah, yeah. that just, he never, I guess, 
moved his skateboard career along, but he looked like he was one of the very top um, people. Uh, so again, Booger in here with all these names, and then it says, this gets to my point, I promise. The Texas Spring Series marked the end of Alan Gulfin's first-person influence on skateboarding. The talented Florida skater had inspired his peers and the new generation of skaters through his coverage and press and appearances at demos and the Hollywood Live On, da-da-da-da-da. Texas and Texas skaters had some kind of play because they were so good in ending Alan Gulfin's notoriety is kind of what they're saying. He Maybe did, not his now, notoriety. He, he kind of like disappeared. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, you, you, man, you ended on a high note. Yeah. Well, and the, then what yeah. happened to him? Yeah, but it, the, the the point I'm bringing, it's not to put a downfall because Gelfin, thank you for yeah, all right, he did. No it's that because of Texas and because of Texas skaters, not because we're trying to be cocky about it, but because of this experience and what's written in this perspective in the book, Texas, we had surpassed what he was doing is basically what they were saying. Yeah. He probably saw Phillips doing ollies and was like, well, he does <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. There yeah. you go. So I just, I don't know. It's another, I keep well, trying to find these little points, and I think this is another critical Texas history point. It, it, in it's a very true because, I, I, you know, Alan's style, you know, Alan had great style, and I'm like seeing him demo, and I'm like going, well, he's just trying to stay on, you know, and, and I love right. not, not to put shade on him or anything like that, but the guy that I targeted was Jeff Phillips, but he was an age division below me, so I didn't have to skate for Jeff. For Jeff. <laughs> right. And so, so then it was game uh, on because out of the first series of the contest, and I can see where Alan's going with this thought, is because... Galveston, I mean, we're pretty progressive in Galveston. And I'm like going, I'm trying, I got to, I got to put in at least two to three new tricks before I get to Austin. That's only three weeks away. Right. So between Galveston and Austin, I'd learn Miller flips. Oh, okay. Nice. So then Phillips and I are the only two that are doing Miller flips. Yeah. And this is pre Phillips 76 oh, and yeah. all that stuff, right? Pre that was pre all, all that. that stuff. And and the problem that I had, I couldn't go big because I got like a, a knee syndrome and I didn't have the strength in my legs. So I always had to kind of keep it close to the lip. So it was all about lip tricks. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in front of Alan, I did my first rock and roll board slide on that fiberglass ramp. And I'm like going, how did I pull this off? You know? Right. And it was just like, you know, he wasn't doing any of that. Uh, he may have been doing board slides and frontside ollies and stylish frontside airs, but he wasn't going into the next level of progressive tricks. Right, no, and he was I trying think to stay on. He was staying on. Yeah, I mean, he was in, he was in cruise mode. For but in, in seeing yeah. the talent and what was going on, and you know, you go from Jeff, which it's not necessarily robotic, robotic style, but you go from Jeff to Craig, for example, yeah. and then you probably a little more of a surf style. And he's like, "Well, shit, these guys got it. I don't need to tell them anything." And I just, I think that's a really cool. That's critical a very point. compliment. You and, know, I, I had no idea. Yeah, I so no I idea. thought that that's that was very cool. So in that event, talk, tell me about, okay, you're going up, you're driving up there, and then there's this other theory I talk about, and that's the surf style flow, right. style power, and then you go to Dallas where it's a little more straightforward kind of power, not necessarily, I don't want to say it's not style because that's not true. Wilkes, Craig, they all have style, right. but it was different from the surfy style. What did right. you notice? What do you remember? We had, We worked harder. You know, I think that we worked harder at it. You okay. know, the guys that were like Bobby Morrow that 
full surf style, you know, style for miles. Cooper, Alvin Cooper, style for miles. Gibson, style for and, miles. And then when we say that, is it flowy? Your back because foot's maybe a little bit, your front foot's a little bit back you, more. You know how you recognize a kid and they got the it factor? Oh, yeah. They mm -hmm. got the it factor, yeah. you know? We have a few Gavins that yeah. have the it factor. Yeah. And so, so I didn't have the it factor. I don't think that Phillips or Craig had the it factor. I think that we just had the determination that we can actually go then and learn this trick. And it's just through hard work. That's right. So being, you know, we're sitting here talking to William Booger Cram, Boog. Um, oh, which by the way, I forgot to mention in the article, they spell your name B-U-G-E-R. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the way it was in print. Yeah, and all, the, and all the thrashers that were print. By the way, okay, I'll get on the soapbox for a second. Ooh, please do. So I won Galveston. I won First place. Austin. And this is half pipe. This is all half spring pipe. series or I, pre spring series. I, this is spring backyard series. backyard ramp series. This is spring, spring series. series. Okay, okay. So one Galveston, one Austin, one Dallas, but it was a four way tie. Alan's how did nice, they break the tie? I think that was Alan's nice way of saying these guys all freaking ripped. Oh, okay. You know, so there was you my tied son, with who? Barry McDaniel. Okay. Gerald Burris. Don't know that name. Okay. And Dana Buck. Dana, Dana Buck. <laughs> so Dana Buck from Mississippi, I think, was What's already up, in Texas. Bucket? What's up, Bucket? Yeah, yeah, he was here. Uh, Dana, I love Dana to pieces because it, it, on our way out to Kona uh, for Veriflex Nationals, U.S. Nationals or whatever, it's so funny because I, I, I've told Deborah the story. It's like stopped at Dana's place. It was the first place I've ever seen. First time I'd ever seen porn. <laughs> and what was the point? I have no idea. You don't have, you have an idea. It was very furry. It, it, it was. It, it, I think it was like on a reel to reel. It wasn't. It oh, wasn't no. even a clowns were beta. involved. And here we hey, see. You, and here you, we Dana. see a young, the hedgehog, <laughs> Ron. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my first uh, Dana Buck encounter on our way. Wait, the porn wasn't Dana Buck, was it? No, no, okay, no. Okay, good. No. We don't want to start a rumor, Dana. Were you a porn star? No. Okay. Dana's rad. Dana yeah. Bucket. He'll be coming up for sure mentioning. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's rad. That is so rad stories. Um, and up in Dallas and all that. So trying to trickle this down because we sure. are a little bit long in time. But let's go. I know you've got some things you want to mention also. You mentioned the World Skates 93 to 95. Now, this yeah. is going into the 90s. Before I get quick into that, 80s, Skate Park of Houston, all that stuff was super integral to what we're going to be talking we about. pre-Skate Park of Houston. Correct. Okay, because we had JJ's ramp, which was the widest ramp in the Texas in Texas at that point. We had a roll-in, a step-down, tombstones, blah, 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 blah. But we didn't have the, the large transition and tons of... And where was this? In Galveston. One block off of Seawall, yeah. which was all donated wood from Best Western. And donated meaning Liberty oh, Wood. Liberty, Liberty Wood. Liberty yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. And hey, boys, what are you barreling over there? Just yell back, a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we said. Oh, oh you're cool. in a boat. Okay. <laughs> that's that's boat. fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, Johnny uh, and all the boys would come down, Ken, Troy, all the boys would come down and ride our ramp. It's, so, you get to call them boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they were at that they, time. Yeah. Now, we kidnapped Gibson, as a matter of fact, after one of the Gulf Coast skate parks and brought him when he was all but. 14 years of age or uh -huh. something like that. So he, Gibson actually rode Skyscraper, the more oh, rampage right. ramp. Okay. Yeah. So Gibson had a little taste of one of the ramps. Um, 
And, um, you know, obviously we were pre-Cedar Hill or was it called Cedar Crest? Cedar Crest. Cedar Crest. Be- In, on the East no, Coast. No, 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 no. Oh, one oh, or two from exits Houston. away Houston, from right. yeah, Orange Cedar Grove. Hill. Cedar, Cedar Hill. Hill. Yeah. Right. So that's where it all started, yeah. you know, for right. those guys. Do you remember the Texas Twister? Did it skate Texas? Party? Yeah. You did skate. I did t- skate Texas Do Twister. you remember what was there besides the bowl at the front of the park? No? I, vaguely, it seemed like that there was some sort of like snake run or some type of run behind the ramp off to the left as you're they walking into the They had to bulldoze all that stuff because the only thing that left then, was the bowl. I think it emptied into the bowl. Into okay. the bowl, yeah. I okay. think it emptied into the bowl. That wow. makes sense. That's crazy. We haven't heard anybody skate now, but we knew about that. Yeah, so, we rode Twister. The 80s has a lot of stuff. And at that time, uh, you were also repping for several companies, right? You did that uh, for a long time. That you was, you that did was a lot of... 2000. After Yaga, it, it, I ran into a repping time frame. Okay, that was later. Okay, okay. That was wait. later. That was early 2000s. Well, if we're still in the 80s, I want to hear about Stewart Beach Skate Park because I actually got to go okay. there one time. Well, let's, okay, let's transition because we do have a lot and we are running long and we'll figure out how to make this happen. It's wonderful. So that's not a problem about running long, but cool. it's a lot of stuff we're to just, talk about. You're getting material. But the, the Skate Park of Houston in all those years are super critical. And I guess we'll have to get back to that because I don't, I mean, you were there, you were around, but you weren't competing at that point, I don't think. Ish. Ish. Okay. Ish. Back in the day. But your point, okay, let's go back to the Galveston. And so the second Galveston Park, which was the Stuart Beach Park. Stuart Beach Talk Park. about that. Because okay. we've both skated that. Yeah. All three of us have skated. I don't I don't remember Bob's last name, but he was the owner of the water slide. Mm-hmm. So there was a water slide at Stuart Beach and that little triangular portion of land that he would rent from the Galveston Parks Board or the city of Galveston. And so directly across the street, there was um, bumper boats. Yep. And he pitched the idea of uh, a skate park. He'd approach me and, and I somehow or another got in his conversation with it. So you were involved in the second skate park as to well. To evolve into okay. the skate park, into the second park. And so uh, with all that said, what happened was that he said, can you guys build me a vert ramp? And yeah, sure, we'll build your vert so ramp. So this is the vert ramp that I have photos of that Johnny and Gene Hare and yes. Tony Bulis and all that were doing yeah. an event or a comp. Okay, so I've skated yeah. that ramp too. Yeah. Okay. So um, that was built on the back half of the property. And then they also built like a, a downward ramp that led into a berm and then used the backside of the pool as a second berm. And then- That was the mini berm. snake run. That was the mini snake run. Yeah, okay. It was like moguls and it stuff. Was which, like we moguls, could, yeah. which Bob Fox and I would sneak in after it closed down and still skate that until they That's would- That's what I did too. Yeah, yeah, we weren't able to skate that anymore. We weren't able to skate the keyhole bowl at that time. I yeah. did skate it, but we used to sneak it. So that's the snake bowl. And then there was the seven foot round- Keyhole, right? Yeah. Yes. Keyhole bowl. Keyhole. Seven and, foot. And I told him when he was setting out the uh, the transitions and then I saw where the rebar was at. I go, brother, man, that is tight. You need to get some shims or bit, put some fill in here to draw out this transition. And I know what I'm doing. I built skate park before in Florida. And he, he had built a park. I think it was like solid something or another. Solid, solid surf. surf. In Florida. And that was his park there. 
Well, oh, solid well, surf in okay. Spring, Texas is well, different, though. He was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong, and that was a because because that pool sucked. Oh uh, man, it was like <laughs> it didn't suck for Jeff Phillips because I have seen a picture of Phillips doing, Blender. but he skated everything. And, and oh, Blender, well, Blender. Skate, Blender skated it awesomely too. Right. So Blender, but the, you, those guys could skate a jersey barrier and make it look good. That's true. true. So Blender, we we keep bringing up this point that Blender loved to come into Texas and he loved the yeah. Texas guys and loved it. Do you have any recollection, real quick? Of I Blender? remember. Yeah, I mean, he was a. I, I love lip tricks. Because oh, yeah. I didn't have the strength to go bio, you know? And I, I kind of fashioned myself to the lip. Right. And I loved watching Blender. Oh, everybody as a matter of fact, uh, when I went to Marina Del Rey, Blender was there also too. So yeah. seeing him as a young kid. Not as an offshoot, but go check it out. Somebody reposted, I think it was Alan Gentry, reposted a classic footage from the skate park of Houston contest. And it shows full runs from Phillips and Neil Blender. Yeah. And he does the Jolly Mamba, Jolly Mamba and all that. Oh, man, go check it yeah. out. We'll when I found out about the Stewart Beach Skate Park, it was because they did an interview with Jeff Phillips in Transworld. And there was a little bitty photo yeah. Included of him doing just, the front side air, no carve, carve, oh, carve, carve yeah. In and it said Galveston, Texas. Yeah, Grant Britton was there, he yeah. shot that shot. Oh, yeah. shit. okay. And shout out to Grant. I, I didn't know that there was a park in Galveston, but I saw that, so I immediately started looking so up. That was our yes. contest. I, oh. I remember that flyer really well. I do well. remember that. Well, doing, he's doing like a method Japan. That's, that's Miller doing that's a mosquito Miller. air because oh, I love mosquito. Chris Miller. Yes, I love yeah. Chris Miller. But what is it called? What is the contest Stuart called? Stuart Beach Riot. A week later after the contest, there was a full-on Stuart Beach Riot. <gasps> yeah. What? Explain. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember hearing the news story yeah, about all this. It was like, it was like at a- At Stuart Beach, which is Stuart a popular Beach. community end of, I don't want to say the end of the island, but it's the end big park there on the west end or east end yeah. of the island. Yeah, it's right there beyond University Boulevard, okay. which is street number one. Yeah. Um, but at that time, it was like their version of Coney Island or something. It was it was the tourist area to go. Yeah, so you do have the a, rides. It, was the, it the, was the family beach. Yeah. To so go you to. have a contest, and is this the contest I'm talking about that has Gene here, Tony Bulis? Yes. Okay, I have photos Todd of Prince, that. Todd Prince, all all, I have a few photos of yeah. that. That was that contest called the riot, and then a week later, what a happened in riot. Galveston? What happened in Galveston? And Stuart Beach was just getting out of control, you know? And I mean, it, at that point in time, 86. I 18 that, was still the drinking age, I, probably. Uh, 19, I, maybe. I don't right around that time. 19, maybe. 85 or 86 is when it changed. But yeah, I mean, but, you know, it was also at a time of transition in music. You know, and attitudes started kind of coming Punk in. Punk rock and new wave. No, people were mad because hip hop was probably hip -hop. getting played. Oh, well, yeah. it, it was hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, that's right. And like a bunch how, of purple drink down on the Galveston Boulevard. How hard your car could bump. Yep. And oh, all, yeah. All of that, right? Speakers stumping and yeah, yeah, yeah. Something went sideways, and uh, a cop friend of mine shot somebody. Oh, no. I but then part it, of the job, or I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it turned into a full-on riot down there. Holy yeah. shit. So, That's what I meant by the Mardi Gras stuff that I'd seen down there. I've seen Mardi Gras where you just want to get the hell away from the seawall because it's so sketchy. Right, right. right. You, you don't know what people are. This was back in the 90s that I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. 
We uh, when we do dig into the '80s, when we do our um, our linear episodes that we've been doing and trying to go up, we're gonna when we get into the '80s, we're it's a, an episode on '80, an episode on '81, probably several episodes on when you get into '85, '86 because of the shut up and skates and all the stuff that was going on. So we probably have to revisit some of that um, because there's just a lot, and we you know we're trying to. This is important, and this is really good shit, and we appreciate you. If you can't listen to it, listen to an hour at a time. But listen, this is important. Book Rad stuff, rad stuff. So, uh, just to kind of tail out what you're talking about, you get it. We'll talk about the '80s. We'll go into more. That's a super influential. You were involved, and you were repping, and you were at all the contests. I remember seeing you. How long have you owned that white Hummer? Oh, I got rid of it two years ago. Oh, I thought you still I had, had the white Hummer. You had a years. white Hummer forever, and you yeah. knew it was him. So, what's World Skates 1990s? We kind of jump into because this is notes and trying to wind that this was, down. That was 93, like 95 our, was what? Yeah, World Skates. It was Bino and my effort uh, getting like a little facility for ourselves, and then okay. we kind of open it up to the public. And uh, we ran it uh, to the point where I was just traveling too much, and it wasn't fair to Bino uh, for me to be on the on the road. And um, we we opted basically to close the doors. It was always a struggle. Okay, you know? I mean, you know, our community was so small, and the kids wanted to skate for free. So then that was our future thought and efforts. Let's get a skate park built in Galveston, which we did eventually get secured in. Which is late the 2000s. Johnny M. Romano Memorial Skate Park. Yeah, and uh, we've mentioned it before, but as a quick. Backstory, brief, kind of. He was a kid from Galveston. Uh, he was a kid from Houston. Or Houston. That his dad and I rode vert together. Okay. So Mike and I rode vert. So he goes back into the '80s pipeline skate park, skateboard city pipeline, all, all that, that stuff, all the yeah. above. And uh, they eventually moved to Galveston because they inherited Grandma's house, right. which was down in Pirates Beach. And then soon thereafter, uh, we just. I discovered through them that had Johnny had acquired a childhood leukemia. Right. And so um, he was starting his uh, chemo and Make-A-Wish was just right around the corner going back to Make-A-Wish. And I called um, Damien Hebert at South Shore mm -hmm. and I go, Damien, do you, do you have your poster kid yet? And uh, he said, no, what's up? I go, I got the perfect kid. Okay. So I introduced the Romanos to Damien, and he then became their poster and, kid. And he was skate. He was a good skater. He at was that a kid. good skater. He was a ripper. And now because, years old. because well, actually, of all this, yeah. yeah. And because of all this, yeah. they yes uh, offered him a pro board or yes. offered some kind of well, explain that, that real skateboard. Jim, Jim, real, Tebow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Tebow uh, said to Mike, "Hey, do you think if we built Johnny a board and make him feel a little bit better?" And Mike was going. Yeah, sure. He goes, well, if we do the board, then, you know, we want to make um, a donation uh, to you guys. Make uh, a wish. Make a, right. Well, not even make a wish at that point in okay. time. That um, we do something for childhood leukemia and so forth. And Mike didn't want any monies at all. Anything to go back into MD Anderson with cancer research or eventually to compliment make a wish. I think that's where Damien came in. So they made him the poster child. It was part of Reels Actions Realized program. And they did uh, a first series board and uh, it then evolved. And then eventually, I think uh, Jeff Taylor, which was involved with audio skate shoes yes, at that he was. point. Yeah, and he's now got his own thing going on. But yes, Jeff Taylor. Jeff Taylor and all the boys there, they did a shoe. And then uh, Jim eventually launched 
a, a, a very one-off uh, Spitfire wheel. Oh, I did not know that. All okay. was, and there was also a Thunder truck. Yep. So there was the whole program. And then eventually Jamie Thomas with Fallen did a shoe and a, t a shirt. And there was like this whole effort around Johnny in many, many different ways. Before he, this was before all still before he passed. passed. Yes. And um, so uh, before the skate park was finished, we all thought it would be best that Johnny ride the park first. And so that's where you see all these uh, photos of which you can go to Texas Monthly. There was an article in Texas Monthly and it talks about the entire story. I read part of that article in previous to this. Very yeah. good. And uh, that kind of gave you some insight as to what he was enduring. And he always acted like a pro. 10 years old, and it was like talking to an adult. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, with all that said... He he was like, if they're gonna give me a pro model, I gotta skate like a pro. Right. And he did. Yeah. He did. And he carried himself like a pro. And, you know, eventually and you know, he succumbed to his um leukemia. But um he had like a lot of visits. I think Tony uh visited him, him in the hospital and a number I think Kevin Staub. I think Kevin came out. It was yeah. during like Huck Jam or something like that when they had a stop. They had a through. stop. Yeah, it was, they were, they no, were, no, no. Gigantic skate park tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was right around. In, yeah, when they had the bus. And is they that were, right? I think that's right because because the Huck Jam was the thing where they were always in arenas, and the the giant skate park tour was in the bus where okay. they were going city to city. So gigantic skate park tour was early two thousands, where I think it was actually Huck Jam. It could or, be or either, in that time, but frame. yeah, because he he passed in oh nine oh nine. I want to say yeah, because yeah. the park got built in oh eight. Yeah. So that's the Johnny story. And, and then we went to the city and we said, we want the park renamed after him. And that's the skate park that still remains there that's, on the Seawall Boulevard. Skate, at Seawall at what? 28. 27th. 27th between Q and Q and a half. And Bob I, Fox is probably rolling around there right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. He's, so. he's getting his mornings well, in. I recall that, that I, I went while it was getting built and we saw the way they were framing up the cradle and that thing. Yeah. And it was all like number six rebar. It was like super heavy duty. And, you know, I had already built the cradle at the Round Rock Park that was all number three and number four. I just thought it was kind of overkill using uh, that heavy of rebar. And I think maybe the city, the the specs, the engineering specs had required it for at least the verticals in that the cross could have been fours. But I remember thinking it was overkill, but that park got an acid test of its durability immediately because it got built in the summer of 08 and two months after it got built, yeah. it got hit by Hurricane Ike, Ike and it was completely full of water for like three weeks. Oh, yeah. that's right. That, yeah. yeah. Cause we didn't have any Came power. through like a champ. That thing was built solid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So going to try to wind this down here. We've been talking for almost three hours and it's definitely been worth it, but we've got more we could definitely go into. But as we try to taper this down, you, you mentioned the rabbit hole. Now we mentioned Vicki Vickers. So we got the Vicki Vickers in. Did we get the Dino Mueller in? Mueller. Mueller. Dino Mueller. What was that rabbit hole? Uh, you know, Dino is from Houston from what I understand. I don't know if he grew up in Houston or if it was a segue for I don't him know the name. Sorry. We're going to have to go down that rabbit hole. Okay. You know, and again, is he Texan or is he not a Texan? Because then he was on cover of Skateboarder 
And then he also had a pro model talking about pro models. Oh, this is out. the one that you mentioned. Oh, yes. Okay, 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 yeah. The pro model for um, Veriflex. Val Surf. No, Val Surf. Val Surf. Val Surf. And he was from Houston, from what Houston. I understand. And this would have been pro pre 80. That would have been at least. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to circle these. <laughs> So that we can That's pull homework. that up. That's uh, Stuart Singer, we already know yep. about that. And we've I've actually got a, somebody sent me a phone number recently and I haven't reached out, but I'm going to reach out and try to make that. We're going to try to do all this in person. And so we haven't gotten up to Dallas yet and can't get some of those guys to get down here. Jeff Bauer. Uh, Brian Abel. Yeah. Another rabbit hole. Did we mention him earlier? We did. Okay. He's the one that uh, would or could have been first pro. Okay. And he was riding for Hobie. Hobie. Okay. Great, great, great. And then we briefly mentioned this. I'm just going to mention because you have it on here. Texas Skateboard Hall of Fame. Why did you write that rabbit hole down? Because it's time? It's time. And uh, obviously, um, Todd and all the guys at Skateboarding Hall of Fame in Southern California, you know, they're encompassing the, the bigger aspect of it. But I've also... Have uh, you talked to them, breached the subject? Well, the, yeah. Okay. Because I'm, I'm kind of trying to spearhead something. The same thing we're trying to do, get Texas more in the spotlight. Um, or, or an individual. An individual? An individual. Okay. Do you want to breach on that or no? Yeah, sure. No. Okay, sure. What do you mean, an individual? Well, obviously. The, and you're referring to starting a Texas Hall, Skateboard Hall of Fame or some kind of branch of the Skateboard Hall of Fame to get Texas names in there, something of that nature. Texas names. Okay. Yeah. So so I reached out to Todd and I said, Hey, what's it, what's it take to get someone introduced or entertained? And there's evidently the panel and this, he sent me the, the specs on it. Which they're, are almost all California dudes. Probably. They're Maybe. in industry. They're, they're in the beginning of why we need to get over this hurdle. Okay. Okay. So there are these 25 individuals that kind of basically throw names into the hat and then eventually it'll get, kind of like funneled in and that these are the ones that are uh inductees global skateboard ranking okay yeah <laughs> so you know fortunately you know we've had uh well we all thought that jeff phillips was the first but really J vicky vickers is the first okay when was she inducted we don't know 17 17 okay and all then right. we had jeff in and then we have gibson in. gibson in so right. three so hall of famers only Three. Only three from Texas. Yeah. Okay. So I said. Not Singer. No, not <laughs> which Singer. Is also crazy. Well, I'm just saying. He's yeah, yeah. Just, he keeps coming well, up a again, lot. Well, so. again, I think it's a matter of what you brought to the table. Or where, how you finished. I mean, in Johnny, the 80s and the whole shut up sure. and skates and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Zorlag. So they opened uh, the Cornucopia and they introduced and or inducted Bruce Walker. Okay. okay, so we all know what his contributions are from Florida. Florida's got a surfing hall of fame. Skateboarding oh, they, hall, right. they do. Now we have a skateboard, I mean, a, sorry, a surfing hall of fame or in Galveston, right? It's, it's moving from Corpus to Galveston. Okay, okay. Okay, so of uh, which we will have skateboarding representation there. Okay. Nice. Okay, so um, with all that said, I said, uh, well, I, I'm a steward for Jeff Newton's name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's a shock that it's not. And it's not. So if Walker got in, you all, your board of 25, need to introduce Jeff's name. How, it just, and this is part of our, how is it, it's almost an insult. And I, and I don't know how Jeff would take this. And I know he listens because he's been posting. Yeah. He's, I've been deep in touch with him. But it's, it's almost an insult because when you talk about the Thrasher and all those things in the early years, yeah. he was... 
everywhere. Yeah. But he didn't. He wasn't on the covers of the magazines or whatever. He, but he I was mean, shooting the photos. Yeah, right. And, and he was also writing right, story, right. But what I'm saying is that they featured the dudes that were doing it. Right. And but he was so integral. So sure. yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm shocked that he's not yeah. already so, mentioned. So it's, we were thinking, and listen up, all you 25. You all have to really take into consideration what Jeff did here and why we got put on the map and or who our godfather is. Because Jeff is the godfather. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, you know, it, and it takes a couple individuals and I think that we have friends on that board and that um, that could take and introduce the name. So we just have to be stewards and uh, encourage them to think outside of their box. I know it's a, it's a process, but it's kind of like when you have to go to the city and you've got to like convince them of something that's obvious need. And it's it's funny that we have to win, shake obvious babies to, and win friends to yeah. get influences to be like Jeff Newton, which every one of those 25, thank you for what you do, 25 people, but you know who he is yeah. and what he's done to skateboarding. Well, I think, I, I think that there's one or two guys that are out there that are clearly versed in it's an obvious it's an obvious individual that is in front of us that is also obvious to them mm -hmm. but for some reason or another because of the pecking order and i think the door just got opened with walker okay okay so i think the time is now starting to kind of like okay now you're on the clock yeah but is this a point that you're making of not only pushing the 25 to get more Texas people justifiably in the Skateboard Hall of Fame, but is this also a point of like Texas always does? If you don't do it for us, we're going to do it for our fucking self. That's we're going to do it for ourselves. And we exactly have enough it. gumption and, that's and enough exactly it. proof. That's it. Right. Because okay. my first vote in, Newton. Yeah. S straight up. There's not even a doubt. No, there's no doubt. Because without Newton or without, which I even kind of fall back on, shop owners you know, without creating this community, then we don't have a vehicle. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's just like we don't have the spring series. We don't have Zorlek. We don't have the vote. vehicle for the yeah. Texas skaters to get noticed. And not in the same, but just like Dennis Epinet. There's yeah. no way you can't have Dennis Epinet as this figure that did that's something that, yeah but i mean it's we will be talking we mentioned a lot but yeah. that's but no obviously jeff newton and what jeff newton's done and you know the fact that he i think that we can parallel a lot of what they've done and refine because right. we know what not to do right maybe at this point but um if we don't then what's going to happen it's going to be forgotten because we're coming into that period of time that, hey, we're on the clock now. We're QTR, right? That's pretty much why we're doing this podcast because we Quality want- time remaining. Yeah, we yeah. want to get these stories and these skaters and these people and these events on the map, in recording, yeah. on paper, for lack of a better term, before we get too far along and the next generation doesn't give a shit. But you've got people I'm like, like Rainey, who's 31, yeah. Yeah. and he loves that. And I know there's a lot of people that love this history and He'll where be it the came one from. That can carry the torch. Well, and it needs to happen. Yeah. And and so Texas Skateboarding Hall of Fame. If you guys have something to say about it, you want to shoot us an email. I think you and I and Carjack are going to be talking about this yeah. because we definitely would like to be involved in making something like that happen. And it goes right along with some of the other critical things that are 
are already happening in Texas, not just this podcast, which hopefully we've spurred some things. And I've mentioned about Danny Hollenbeck pulling out all of his Jeff Phillips footage to start his documentary. And I had a really quick, brief mention with Rainey. And Rainey's like, if you ever do a Texas documentary, will you sign on Rye? Yes. Mm -hmm. So these conversations of things are happening that haven't been happening since the 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 attempted history documentary and that's important so that's a big of thing which someone needs to give back my film <laughs> Ooh, okay yeah, so real quick up, on I'm that gonna, i'm gonna do you know who has your film because you know oh, i'm gonna do call, you know the story uh, yeah. about what happened yeah. do you know any detail about why there was a disconnect more than what we know it was about money it, do you know boiled can, down to it. are you can we stir some feathers can I'm you, gonna stir a feather. Can you bring or two? a name or two up? Uh, there, I, there was a group in Dallas called the Black Box or the Box. That does sound familiar. Okay, and those were the guys that, if you remember, I think they were out filming at Skate Park of Austin in the parking lot. Yes, and they were also filming us at Doug's place right. when it was early build because they interviewed me, Chris Gates, uh, Poindexter, a yeah. bunch of people. So then there became a, a and in this part I will not name names because I, I don't have this absolutely confirmed, but um, there were individuals that thought that their thought was bigger or better than theirs and then butting of the heads. And I think part of that was a butting of the heads with Jeff Newton, not on the negative that like Jeff Newton knew what was going on. And I think they didn't, I don't know. I think some people got some, it and some people didn't get it. Okay. You know, so that's what I understand. So wow. I'm going to call out black box, whoever those guys were, because we want our films back. We understand that all those interviews and all that footage is around, but they've taken hold of it. We don't know where it is. We're trying to get it. We don't want to start fights. We're not going to meet in an alley, but we do want that footage back because it's historic. Now it's historic, we can talk about yeah. rights. We can talk about ownership and all that stuff. It doesn't to me, to us, I don't know if it matters as much as having it out there. Yeah. The yep. interviews and all that stuff. So that's rad shit. Well, you know, we got people that are upset because that was their property. Right. You know, exactly. And there was a number of individuals that entrusted me, you know, into that, which I apologized <laughs> and apologized and apologized. And it's sort of like, hey, that's our stuff, man. So when you have footage, what footage are you referring to that you don't have? And when you say you don't have rights to it, you don't have copies of it. No, this was all the original Super 8s. This is Super 8 film that we shot. And it could be earlier than the time, the documentary that you gave way, them way earlier. So than you have archived footage yeah. that you can't get back from them. Yes. Yeah. Come it, it's on, on it's people. Like, it's on don't do reels. that to yeah, skateboarding. Yeah. You know don't about? do that. And yeah, I mean, so that means it, these guys have had it for over 10 years now and they haven't done anything with it. Nothing. So and they're going to hold on. Don't, don't, come on guys. Let's talk. If you, if somebody knows who these people are, uh, get them in and let's talk the conversation. Let's not be assholes because yeah, it's mention, about the I'll history. What, once this is turned off, I'll mention three names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know some scoop. You guys won't. All right. Well, Boog, um, before we do finally tie this into a three hour knot, three hour tour, you have this whole list and you have a couple of other artifacts that you brought. Yeah. Are there some things that we haven't touched on that you want to mention since we're, and I'm sorry we don't have as no, much no, time, no, but no, I mean, no. you know, I know that you, we were. you brought this board back here yeah. that was a tribute board or a second board yeah. from that would have been the second board that i would have had that was prototyped and then we had a graphic uh created for it that uh, tim litzman did and instead of letting some graphic just kind of go by the wayside you know for the course of 
40 years and it was just sandbagged that uh, we modernized it. Mm-hmm. There was the original graphic. Uh-huh. Oh, that's rad. So, so it's made, like an upside down igloo. Yeah. Basically. Basically, it's a keyhole. It's like a keyhole. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, Tim was creative enough to kind of come up with it. And uh, we made t-shirts. We cut the prototype. It should have gone to printing at that point, and then we never printed it. But it, it kind of resembled a little bit of a square nose devil fish. Oh, nice. That's exact. I, I really like the hammerhead devil fish, that, that general template. And so at least it's in a square nose here. So he's got us aboard here, uh, care of him and Ohana Surf yeah. Shop or Surf Shop. You don't say skate shop, but it is a skate shop. Ohana surf, surf and skate. Surf and skate. All right, so our and I know Brett, you brought a couple of thrashers. You brought a couple of other things. Is yeah. there something we haven't touched on that? Uh, I mean, John, I just, John's going to edit this into like a fifteen minute clip. So yeah. So I mean, what was over there is just if you had not seen like the earlier uh, rags of Thrasher. Okay. So that's in essence what I pulled. What I thought was important for. Um, the spring series of skateboarding. Yes. You know, which is huge. We're going to be getting into digging deep into that and and referencing some of the things that you mentioned. And I can't believe you won that Austin contest too. That's so rad. I think I remember seeing your name in it because the photo of the Zorlac bus and the Palmer auditorium and all that stuff. The Brewski man skating down the sidewalk. I don't know that one, but I'll okay. show you. That's super <laughs> rad. Um, and it, was there anything else that you had brought that was artifact wide uh, that you wanted to bring up or something? Skateboarder that had uh, Northeast skate slopes. Okay. Um, the story of okay. which uh, they wrote uh, upon that event concluding and all the craziness that ensued okay. thereafter. And I think that's uh, pretty much about it. Did you get into Thrasher? Did you get any photos? Did you ever get anything other than maybe some of the I'm, early, early stuff? I don't know why, but my uh, there is a Galveston photo of Bobby Morrow okay. that um, Brad Bowman took. Okay. And uh, Mike, oh, Mike Fulmer and Brad Bowman stopped in Galveston on their way through, and that's one of the articles that's inside there. And thanks to Brad Bowman because he was my hookup. You know, that's how I got involved with – and Andrew got involved with Sims. Nice. Right. Man, yeah, it's so. it's uh, oh, it's such great history. It's really hard to wind this down because we really could keep talking, oh. but we don't want to do the four hours. We're already at three <laughs> hours and some change, which Carjack's probably going bonkers at this point, but that's okay. This is exactly why we're doing this, and it's there's not a dull moment in anything that we've talked about at this point. Um, we appreciate you very much. You are, you know, I, as long as I've known you and we've been friends, I, I miss the times that I didn't spend as much having some longer conversations with you, and I'm glad that we're doing that now and we're going to have quite a few more of these uh, but your importance to the Texas scene and to what's going on and the history that you bring um, is not without the mention of how much respect and how much we should respect you for that appreciate so we appreciate it. that yeah, very yeah. much and it's it's um, likewise you know I'm just glad that you guys are here telling the story you know because I think that's what was intended 20 plus years ago with that documentary. Right. right. And uh, that would have been captured and done. But now it's just sort of like, okay, we're, it's more story there. Right. You know, you right. Know, we, we all bring something to the table. We all are valuable in some sort of frame or fashion. We just have to tap into what that value is. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then, okay, 
Let's bring it to the top. And that's the, the whole spotlight and the whole purpose of this and the things that we're talking about and the potential Texas Hall of Fame or getting Newton into the Skateboard Hall yeah. of Fame or or this uh, museum thing that Tally and I have been working on yeah. and and the, all the things that are happening in the state, we want to bring it to the forefront to, again, not say that we are better than California or Florida, but we were doing it right there with them at that time frame and we were doing it DIY and we were inventing and evolving the sport in our own way and it was just... Just mirrored and it proofs in the pudding when Alan Gelfin came in and saw Booger with Phillips and Wilkes and all those guys. And he's like, Boog, I'm out. You guys are ripping. That's it. I'm done. I'm good. All because something, of Alan. Something good. So, uh, all right. Well, I guess we have to wind this down. We really do. We appreciate uh, everything that's going on. As always, as we tail this in, what you got for us, Carjack? Hey, Chip, how many skateboarders does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know, Carjack. How many skateboarders does it take to change a light bulb? For today, we're going to say 10, and it doesn't matter how many actually change it. All 10 of them are going to argue about who did it first. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, for uh, Kerry Jackson and myself, Chip Queso, and especially our illustrious guest, William Booger Cram, go find him, go like him, blow up his Instagrams or his Facebooks or whatever he's doing. And listen to Kiss. Listen to Kiss. He's going to see Kiss tomorrow night. That's how oh, we got tonight. in this town. Tonight. I forgot to mention, or tonight, I forgot to mention, he's also a huge Kiss fan, which there's a guy from Austin, I can get you his name, that is traveling around doing a backstory uh, documentary on Kiss, and he's a skater from Austin. I'll get you his name, see if we can connect you to get some of that footage. So, um, thank you guys for joining in. Appreciate you listening to the history of Texas through Booger's eyes, as opposed to Booger's nose, and uh, all that good stuff. We are super stoked to bring this to, to you, and we hope that we discover a whole lot more. So, with that being said, go out and grind a curb. Skate a pool? What'd you say? Do some inverts, damn it? Something like that? And hook them horns. And we're still doing it DIY style, y'all, even though we're on YouTube. This is the phone, and this is music. Thank you. We won't shut up and skate. Yeah. The future's up to you. The future's up to you.